Welcome back. My name is Kit. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Andy's back. Yes. Andy. <laughs> Hi, guys. Or Andy's here, I should say. Yeah, yes. Andy's here. Like, I never left. The, the, the production of this week is we are recording this episode before the episode that comes out on Monday. Mm-hmm. So for okay. us, it's we're, we're just sitting down with Andy for the first time in forever, and it's a big it's a big deal. It's so much fun. We're so happy. <laughs> but for the listener, you've already listened to Monday's episode. He's so. like Andy's back from he, Monday. He done been here. <laughs> Why y'all? He's so wearing excited. the same shirt. He's a real piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm rocking my Monty Python. I don't know if you can see it, but it's awesome. Riding the horses. Yeah, galloping. <laughs> Brains are rubbing. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a model. Uh, so we uh, today we're discussing the Book of Eli, uh, the landmark film from 2010. This is a Patreon requested movie from Sun Loving Mortal, dear supporter of the show, has mandated that we discuss this movie. And you know the drill, baby. We're going to talk about our overall thoughts on the movie, our history with the movie, what it was like watching it this time. Might have been our first time. You don't know. You're about to find out. And then we'll do a play by play, scene by scene recap of the movie, just with. Just chock full of shenanigans, streaming things style. Uh, you can become a patron at, at patreon.com slash streaming things and mandate that we watch a movie of your choosing uh, or get any other of a variety of benefits uh, like joining the discord. So many good things. You can email the show at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. Go to streamingthingspod.com to have easy access, giggity, to all that stuff. <laughs> uh, and uh, you can just rate and review the show wherever you're listening right now. And that in and of itself is a huge way to support the show. Give us a five-star review and uh, tell other people to listen, to put us in their ear holes. Light them beacons. <laughs> Streaming things calls for aid. <laughs> and y'all must answer. That's true. Right? That's true. That's a good way to put it, Steve. That's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. So just picturing Vigo Mortensen like, oh, my God. I was just thinking about Lord of the Rings yesterday. It's time for a rewatch. I think about LLTR every day. Every day. All day, every day. <laughs> every Tell day. me, where are my DVDs <laughs> for I much desire to watch them again? I was watching Ahsoka the other day. I text Steve and he had a good chuckle about it. It was one of my many confused thoughts because I don't watch Re- I, n- I never watched Rebels or mm-hmm. anything was, um, is that Graham McTavish? <laughs> and then i realized no that's ray stevenson, that's ray stevenson yeah. who's in the book of eli he is and also sadly passed away uh last may very yeah. very recently oh, very recently the yeah. end of may so r.i.p to ray stevenson who is not graham mctavish no um but his name we can all agree graham mctavish would have crushed what's his name balin but yeah balin skull he would have yeah. crushed balin yeah. right that character but ray stevenson's crushing that role as well like it's such a shame because i feel like he's finally because ray stevenson's always been one of those actors that's like skirting on the out the sidelines of just blowing up as an actor yeah like he's been in a lot of things but he's never been like he's never quite blown up in the way he should and i feel like his he's gotten such a good reaction from his role in ahsoka that i feel like that would have been the one that catapulted him to where he needed to be and sadly he passed away right Right before after. it even premiered. Yeah, before yeah. it even premiered, yeah. And um, and he was only at 59 or something. Yeah, he so wasn't that old. Very, very sad. Very, very he was sad. in RRR. He was the, the mm-hmm. governor bad guy in RRR. He's great. I still have never seen that. I need to. Oh, you'd love it, Andy. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah. He was one of Thor's buddies in the Thor movies. Um, The one with the beard and the axe. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That narrows it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my stuff. <laughs> um, my stuff. So I'm curious, 
I know Andy has seen the book of Eli before because we, I talked to him on the phone the other day, but it's been a long time. You, I have. I saw it around the time it came out. That was so, likely your second watch. Maybe yesterday, yeah. maybe. Uh, yeah. Uh, this morning, actually, mm-hmm. I, I, I uh, squeezed it in right before I came over here. Uh, so it had been a hot minute. I remembered uh, the general conceit and I remembered the twist. I did not really remember anything else. I forgot how sweet some of the action is. It's fucking dope. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forgot how silly it is. I also forgot how crazy good the cast is and also crazy bad simultaneously. It's hysterical and I can't wait to talk about it. Oh, but yeah. there's some there's some really winners in there. Some really <laughs> big winners. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I won't want to spoil it. We are going to spoil Book of Eli from here on out. So if you have not seen the movie, yeah. there's a big twist. Turn this episode off. There's going to be no non-spoiler bumper or anything like that. Yeah. Steve, had you seen the Book of Eli before? And what was it like watching the, this time? So I have not seen the Book of Eli yes. before. I thought Still it was haven't. <laughs> Still haven't. Bye. Uh, no, I have. I had not seen it before. I knew the general conceit of it. Like I knew like he's carrying a Bible around a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't know the twist at the end. It's basically Book of Mormon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello, my name is Denzel Washington. Um, and I would like to share <laughs> about this most amazing book. <laughs> what if it was like Dune or something? And he's like, I got to protect it. You know, the power that book has. <laughs> you like read like him reading the Bible is like the, the effect of the, the voice in Dune. <laughs> it's one of the like uncanonized Star Wars novels or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the physical phys- if it was a physical book, like if he's like, I've got the first part of the Thrawn trilogy from the 90s. It's like, <laughs> protect it with your life. I'm saying that's what Dins is carrying. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant like, what if they were protecting a book in Dune? No, no, no. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Yeah, just like in the middle. Yeah. You know the power that has. Those have all been burned. Cedric Diggory. <laughs> this is the one where it really turns into adult novels. <laughs> Some say it's why the war started. <laughs> no, I was saying the same thing as him that you were talking about. Like, what if he was in the Dune universe carrying around the Bible? And I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm trying to say different <laughs> books that he could have been carrying. Your concept is way funnier. <laughs> like it, it's just the Da Vinci Code, you know. Uh, I we, have I have the secret. Are we, <laughs> <laughs> the four agreements. Oh, oh secret! That's good. Oh um, my god! Was it uh, seven ways to influence people or some shit? Make money, yeah. No, how to make friends and influence people. Yeah, Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, but no, this is I, I. I knew the general concept of the movie, so watching this movie was a bit of a, a mind fuck because as the movie's going on, I'm like, is that fucking Tom Waits? It is. Yeah. Is that Gary? Is that Gary Oldman? Yeah. Is that Ray Stevenson? Mila Kunis? Dumbledore? <laughs> like it was kind of like Dumbledore with a shotgun. <laughs> yes. <It's> awesome. <laughs> so it was just kind of like a nonstop. Like I mean, Jennifer, uh, what was it? What's her name? Jennifer Beals is in this like was that jennifer beals like it was just a non-stop kind of like what's happening but at the same time uh overall we're doing overall thoughts now is yeah that what, so overall thoughts this movie is frustrating as fuck i'm trying me. to rush to you and your yeah. thoughts that's why i was like okay let's do yeah. this this movie is frustrating <laughs> as fuck for me because there's a lot of good stuff that happens in it like andy mentioned the action really cool um i think 
some of the performances are really great. Like everything with Gary Oldman's awesome. Denzel's doing a great job. You know, it, the acting's good. Mila Kunis is there. I think Mila Kunis is horribly miscast because oh, it, for sure, this is something that a lot of a lot of movies do where it's like, hey, let's get a, a hot chick in this movie. And it's like she would not look that pretty. Yeah. And, it, and it takes me out of it every time she's on screen. I'm like, why is she in this? She, yeah. Like that just pulls me out. But also there's a lot of like. Obviously, it's about a man carrying the Bible. It's a movie about faith. I don't think it's about Christianity per se, but it's about faith for sure. And so I think this movie has a lot of like wanting to have its cake and eat it to eat it too. I mm-hmm. think it's way clever than it thinks it actually. I think it is way, way clever than it thinks it is, especially with that twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I'm sorry. Scratch that. Rewind. It's not as <laughs> clever as it thinks yeah, it is. Yeah. Sorry. That's what I meant to say. It's not as clever as it thinks it is. Um I think it's a, a, an ugly movie. Like, I, like I think it's just just ugly looking. It's not pleasant to look at. It oh, looks it like it's from Bob, the book of Zack Snyder for sure. It looks yeah. like Bob Iger watched it and was like, "I just invented the volume." <laughs> you know what I mean? And then yeah. they worked on it for another ten well, years. And like, then... I, I, there's a pretty movie to, to be had in this because I think some of the wide shots they do are gorgeous. The way they shoot some of the fight scenes are really inspired. Uh, but the that, thing, that first but, one under the bridge is fucking amazing. Right. And even like the, the gunshot with Dumbledore, the gun scene with Dumbledore is like a really cool scene. Mm-hmm. But I think it's neat cat because of this neat. And this was like a big craze, like in the mid to late 2000s, where it's like, let's make like 300 was so cool. Let's make everything brown mm-hmm. and gross looking. Let's CGI stupid Mortal Kombat clouds above them. So <laughs> every scene looks fake as fuck. And which is unfortunate because you can tell they're in a cool desert wasteland. Like, just use that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and then the the there's some weird things with plot that like like rev- that revolves around the faith that really kind of grinds my gears. I really won't get into that because that's more of my own personal like I think f- when faith is used in the way that it's portrayed in this movie, it's Steve, like Steve, how is your relationship with God? <laughs> uh we text sometimes. <laughs> Uh, but no, like the whole thing where it's like, oh, I'm protected. So he, he just walks through action scenes and doesn't ever get hurt. It's like, well, this is boring. Like if this was any other genre, like everyone would roll their eyes at this. But because it's a faith based thing, people are like, oh, wow, he's protected by God. And it's like, OK, that's not interesting. With the force and the force is one with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Any also, other genre. Gary Whitta. Holy also shit. Gary Whitta. Yeah. Gary Whitta also wrote Rogue, Rogue One. He yeah. wrote this as well. He did yeah. the same thing twice, that son of a mm-hmm. bitch. I see what he did there. Uh, but we'll get into those things later. I just, w- just want to say, and this is my last point of my overall thoughts. If you wanted, and this is maybe my biggest gripe with the movie. If you wanted a movie about a guy who's blind and is just protecting a book, you just, why don't you... Why don't you cast LeVar Burton? Butterfly in the sky. <laughs> Can you imagine LeVar Burton protecting this book? He played Jordy LaForge, a famous blind man on Star Trek, mm-hmm. reading Rainbow Host. It makes sense. But um, you don't have to take my word for it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever listened to the LeVar Burton Reads podcast? You love it. It's so good. I've have I talked it. about it on here before? I probably have. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. You this should is back in your canopy days. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still in my canopy. Oh, days, yeah, that era, I'm in my prime, active, can- active canopy <laughs> era. Andy's uh, canopy era. I agree that uh, like some of the like faith based stuff uh, kind of detracts a little bit from the uh, what is otherwise a pretty sweet action movie. Um, you throw a little too much God in there, and then it becomes uh, less about like a man's struggles in the 
post-apocalypse and more about like, um, you know, somebody with the cheat code just walking mm -hmm. around that, you know, better than everybody and he'll just reload his save uh, if things don't go the way he wants. Um, <laughs> I also a little bit am like, I feel like the twist kind of detracts some from like what otherwise could have been a pretty amazing story. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, you take this disabled character and it's a twist that he's disabled and like, that's a little icky. Um, also, I don't think the twist is really earned personally. Like I know there's a lot of like, oh, he's fumbling around in this scene. And that's a hint that he's blind in the movie. Mm -hmm. But then in other movies, he's like not a blind person. He just, there's just no way you can look at that performance and say a blind person would perform that way in this context. It's And so when it was like, yeah, he's blind, I'm like, I figured you were going for that twist, but I don't feel like you did a good job getting there. I feel like they laid the seeds like really well in like the first like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And then, so when you go back and watch it again, uh, having, knowing the twist, it's like, oh, I see what you did there. He bumped into that and you know, he's smelling things, mm -hmm. but like for the middle up till the end, he's just acting like not just a fully able-bodied person, but like an ultra able-bodied person that uh, yeah. just doesn't miss, you know, it's, John Wick. The only time where the the blindness, I mean, and this is with a huge grain of salt, there's a few, right? There's many instances where it would be a very impressive blind person. But mm -hmm. the only time where it's like magic is in the shootout, like the OK Corral scene where he's like shooting people off the roofs and stuff. Oh, yeah. How? Yeah. Right. So, oh, he heard him, right? Mm -hmm. Other than that, and I, I, I smelled him. Is this like my, this is like my, oh, I don't know seventh or eighth time watching this movie really i love this movie yeah. so i'm really happy and steve i invite you to go hard I, okay. I know you said you don't want to go into like certain of the faith thing i i was i think you should i was texting chris all week like i'm so because i watch this movie on wednesday i watch it kind of a couple yeah, days pretty ago, early pretty early but i was texting him all week like i'm so worried about this episode well you just text me i'm so scared and i thought yeah oh, i no. was yeah what happened Steve's in trouble somebody hacked our youtube like we're toast you know or something and he's like I'm so worried I'm going to offend people about this movie. I'm like, oh, I think that's all it is. Jesus Christ. Oh, don't worry, bro. I got you. I love Book oh, of Eli. We're just going to get canceled. Don't worry about that, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love Book of Eli. Uh, yeah, it's at least the eighth time I've watched this. So I agree with you on most points. Um, the movie, by and large, is pretty ugly. It's got that. And they didn't know quite what they were doing yet. Yeah, you know? it's definitely of its time. At the same time, it's the apocalypse, right? If you ever watched, like, The Road... Like there are ways that are better to photograph this kind of world that don't look just hideous from a photography's perspective. It's just a gross world photographed well, if that makes sense. There's mm -hmm. a difference between the two. And I agree with you. It's more the former in this case. Um, but it doesn't bother me a whole lot. Mila Kunis is miscast for sure, especially at the end when they try to give you that triumphant. I know. Like I know. she's going like she's cosplaying as Eli. Going, yeah. And you're like, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He taught you zero. You things. went on Nothing. a road trip and he died. <laughs> <laughs> you he taught you zero things about how to survive. Um, now, if that did you know who turned down the role? I would have cast like Saoirse Ronan, I think would have made this movie like a masterpiece. She would have been like the fucking first, six. The woman who was offered the role, but turned True. it down. <laughs> Saoirse Ronan now. <laughs> who turned it down? Kristen Stewart. Oh! oh. 
<laughs> Why did you do that to me? Oh, my heart. I'm literally, oh, my God, am I going to cry? <laughs> I have that weird, heavy cheek feeling. I think there's tears. <laughs> what could have been? Oh my God! Yeah. She did Snow White and the Huntsman instead of this. Well, it was one of the. She turned it down because it oh. would conflict with one of the the Twilight filming. Oh, that's oh, fair. God. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. No, that I love it. So what I was about to say is, even though she's miscast, this is like the height of my of everyone's. I'm obsessed with Mila Kunis face, right? Like this is yeah, 2010. 2010. Yeah, like yeah. she like Black Swan. Like it's like holy shit. Like great Black Swan. Yeah. Very beautiful woman. Everybody knows, right? Uh, but Kristen Stewart, yeah, that would have been way better. Holy shit. This <laughs> that might ending be my... would have been awesome because she would have pulled it off. Yes. She would walk out into the desert and she'd survive. You can handle yourself. Yeah. Or like a Charlize Theron, you know. That's who I was thinking. Uh, I mean, the whole thing has big Mad Max vibes. And so immediately yeah. I, I was just imagining Charlize Theron. Well, you have to cast someone who looks like um, or who can play like a, a late teens girl yeah. right because she's the daughter of claudia is her role in this yeah. and so and that's why she's safe and protected is because carnegie is obsessed with her mom and so he's he's sworn that nobody can touch her mm-hmm. so that's why she's surviving in this world steve it's like and now why she looks amazing even though there's only one bottle of shampoo that they've all seen in 20 years that's just a movie thing right right yeah, yeah. right um so I, I grant you all of that but i do think the movie is just as clever as it thinks it is, because I, I think there's a lot here. It reminds me there is some camp. There's some schlock to it, but I don't think that takes away. I think that adds to it. I think that's. Oh, no, the camp and schlock. Give me. Give me life. I love that. I, I think he's a superhero. If this is a graphic novel, you know, I don't know if it's really based on anything. I don't think it is. I'm just saying, like, uh, no, I think if you watch this as a graphic novel. I mean, there, there's a book that's being adapted a little ah, bit here. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it works perfectly, and I don't even think it. I, it's, I do want to interject real quick and okay. say, like, this is the type of a lot of movies like this came out around that time. Like, like three hundred comes out, and then a bunch of movies similar in style, aesthetic, look, and sure. aesthetic, all came out. Of all of them, this is the one that's trying to be something more, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that I don't want to leave on the table and not give its flowers for that. It's trying to be something more impactful and intentional, and uh, and more. Um, important yeah. than just a shooty shooty post-apocalyptic movie that has Malcolm McDowell in it at the end. There's like a hundred of those. <laughs> right. Random. Yeah. And his are. name's Lombardi. Did, yeah. did, did, did you guys name? have the subtitles on? Yeah. yeah. Lombardi. Lombardi. That's his name. I, I I have a huge fascination with post-apocalyptic stories. Like I'm I've been a like a lifelong Mad Max fan. Love even like the the, the sad ones, like The Road. Uh I, I love that genre. I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, I think, one of the most entertaining of that genre. Um, I think as as an agnostic who I think is a little more comfortable with faith than either of you, I think because of my 12 step stuff, I, that's just, I'm just that's just a shot in the dark. I'm mm-hmm. just wondering if that's the case. I got a lot more comfortable with it around the time mom died. Sure. Uh, so I no, I I, I still I, I used to be like hardcore atheist mm-hmm. and very much not so anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but. The I, I and I, I appreciate the the concept of the movie. Like in some regards, it's a, it's really silly. Like this dude taking a book around the world and, and like, oh, really? It's the only copy, and that you happen to wander into town where the one guy that really wants it is there looking for you. 
and you're across the street, like, come on. Um, <laughs> I um, My only uh, concern with the, the faith-based stuff is, like, when it becomes plot armor, and mm-hmm. it does very much so, and, like, that detracts from it a lot in, in, as far, in like, retrospect. But as far as, like, sitting down a fun action movie with this uh, kind of cool twist at the end, like, it's dope. I don't understand why that would bother you guys. I guess I'm having a hard time. Like, I don't even see it as plot armor. That is his, like, if you grant, like, again, I'm not a Christian, but I am more comfortable with faith, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to grant that in this universe, Christianity is correct, right? Put it all, putting all that aside. Like, I don't understand how it's a a, a a bothersome plot armor for you guys. It would be like, hold on. It would be like um, Wolverine has the healing factor, right? Like, ah, it just kind of bothers me that, like, when you shoot him in the head, the bullet just pops out and his skin heals. Mm-hmm. How can that bother you? That is his power. Like, that's the story, right? Mm-hmm. And so Eli is protected by God on a mission to preserve the word of God and cannot fail in this mission. How does that bother you? That is the story. If he's in, if, if he's impenetrable, like, it's not like when Wolverine gets shot. Oh, he shot, can be penetrated. So if Wolverine gets <laughs> shot with a bullet, that hurts Wolverine. He gets healed up, but it hurts him, and it, there's a struggle there. Uh-huh. Eli gets shot. It's very painful. Yeah, and mm. that's the point when God abandons him in his mission. Right? I actually love that scene. Well, so the, he qu- his faith. He questions his faith. Well, and, and this is the thing I didn't really want to get into faith wise, but it's the thing that bothers me most about this movie. And it's not the movie's fault. It's it's inherent in Christianity specifically, but mm-hmm. it's in, but I assume in all religions as well. But in Christianity specifically, and that's the one I grew up with, so I'm the most uh, you know familiar with familiar it. with it. But the, there's several scenes in this movie where. Eli could fucking save people and doesn't because he has to, quote, stay on the path. And the voice is telling him, don't save that person. Stay on the path when he can just wreck motherfuckers with no problem. Oh, when he lets the people get raped and murdered, he lets, lets people get raped and murdered. And it was like, well, that sucks. The scene prior to that, he just mercs eight dudes. The scene after the rape and murder, he wrecks those same dudes he could have wrecked right then and there. And it's just one of those things where like, well, oh, that's not a cool God to hang out with. And then the reason why God lifts the protection and allows him to get shot is because he hands the book over to Gary Oldman to protect Mila Kunis. And so that is like, oh, you went back on the deal. You gave the is book Is that up. what we're supposed to take from that? No, I don't think so. God I think was so. Like, because the whole time he's not letting him get shot. He's saving him the entire time. And the moment he gives up the book, the oh, contract null and void. Now you can get shot and hurt. I wholeheartedly disagree. That's the moment that he the book, gets hurt is then. He survives. Very, well, he but does this die, is, right? He does yeah. die. After he transcribes the book that he memorized. Also, the memorization no, thing's not, fucking stupid, too. Okay, okay I like that. The memorization thing's fucking He's stupid. He's read the book and, every day for 30 years. Oh, no. I get that. Uh-huh. Yeah, he, believable 30 sure. years reading it every day yeah i don't i don't think him having it memorized is stupid i just don't I think, think malcolm mcdowell would have the, the hand strength to re- <laughs> oh well i do have i did pull up some some information on that but malcolm we'll, mcdowell's hand strength yeah uh, <laughs> specifically <laughs> no the surprisingly whole, firm grip the whole plot is like okay you've got to walk for 30 years so that uh-huh. you have the time to memorize this so that you can tell malcolm mcdowell the book and he can transcribe it lombardi lombardi yes <laughs> i'm just gonna call him malcolm mcdowell uh or now follow me on this uh-huh. or you just walk that fucking book over to malcolm mcdowell and have him transcribe it 
That way, no one has to die. <laughs> this whole town doesn't get shot up. All these people aren't killed. And Denzel doesn't waste his whole fucking life doing this. You just, oh, what? I got I got to go to Lombardi. Let me walk over across. Because it doesn't take 30 years to walk across the U.S. How do you? I think it would take a long time. No, it, people walk across the U.S. all the time. It takes like a couple months. It doesn't take 30 fucking years. I, I just feel like if this wasn't a faith-based thing, if this was a Marvel movie, like you said, this was Wolverine, and that was the thing, like, oh, I walked for 30 years because this voice told me to, people would be, like, making so much fun of it because it doesn't make any sense. But because it's just like, oh, it's part of, quote-unquote, God's plan, it's like, ah, see how great God is? See, again, <laughs> I think I think you're taking um, the, the reason the movie exists out of the equation and saying it doesn't work without it. And I'm going, well, yeah, right? For instance, you can do what you're doing to any movie, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're just unwilling to suspend your disbelief, right? Like that's what William James said, the willing suspension of disbelief is necessary mm -hmm. for all stories, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I wanted to look at Star Wars, and there's so many things that I constantly make fun of, but if I wanted to specifically <laughs> say, the force doesn't make any sense. It's such a plot hole that he can just sense a bullet or, and it mm -hmm. is, it is yeah. like Obi-Wan just fucking disappears into a pile of clothes. It makes no sense, right? Like it's what? Uh, <laughs> it's really frustrating because that would have been a cool fight. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but like, if I say that if you take that out, like take the force out and it would be a good movie, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you take the force out, we would all be making fun of it. You'd probably say this whole fucking point is that the force is real in this universe. You know what I mean? Like, you see what I'm trying sure, to say? Yeah. You can't take the force out. But I also feel like I'm allowed to make fun of the force as a concept, right? But yeah. it's somewhat like not allowed for me to make fun of the voice of God. In I disagree. This I think you can, my friend. Okay. So <laughs> I, I'm way in the middle on this between you two guys because I do think that there's a better movie where uh, he's not the plot armored God, God's chosen one, that he is just a, he's just a blind man a, bumping into stuff. He, he, <laughs> no, that he, that he, it's a survival story about a man of faith oh, uh, trying to take walk around this room for 30 years <laughs> trying to find the door. Shit. <laughs> no, I do think that there's a better movie where it is a survival story about a blind man in the post apocalypse who ha also happens to be a man of faith that has the Bible and he's trying to take it to a safe place because he has the last copy of it. Mm -hmm. I think that there is a better movie there. And there's one starring Kristen Stewart. Very exactly. Yes. Yes. And there's very oh, yeah. small changes and a few lines of dialogue that you remove and you're closer to that movie. We mm -hmm. just don't need the scene where the dude is they're high noon dude shooting at him missing. Just missing. We don't need that scene. We take that out I, I, and we take out the scenes where or the dialogue where they say, we just can't hit them. The bullets miss them. You take those out and you are 10 steps closer to that movie. Now you recast it with Kristen Stewart and we, mm, we have something special. Now we're on. Mm -hmm. Now you we're know? on. Uh, I agree with you that I, that scene is a weak point because it comes out of nowhere. And if without that scene, Steve would have less of a problem with him uh, leaving the couple to get murdered and raped in the road because then it's like, well, he he would have died if he tried to help them, you yeah, know? Yeah. Which could still be the case. The way I, I like to believe that he would have died if he would have helped them because well, they had guns was, and stuff. Yeah. When I was watching the, the movie in real time, that's what I thought. Like, oh, he would that's get killed. Sad. He's but die. then they kept introducing these things like, oh, he's bulletproof because he's protected by divine influences and all this stuff. And it's like, well, then what? He's Why only. He? 
he's only protected on the path. You know what I mean? He can't just like start a business and it's going to succeed. Only on his trek to drop this book off. But the people being raped and murdered Eli's are in barbecue. his path. <laughs> no, it's slightly off. That's not the path. That's a deviation, you know. And I, I understand so much. philosophically terrible thing, yeah. right? Especially with his realization at the end. I forgot to. He, he does say the same thing that you're saying, though. He says, I forgot to live by the book I was reading, mm-hmm. which, as far as I can tell, means to do for others more than you do for yourself. That's the whole moral of the movie. Yeah. Is that. And there are really that's why I really love this movie. Religion can be terrible mm-hmm. when people like Carnegie yeah. use it. Right. Like Carnegie mm-hmm. is the mega church that we yeah. hate. This right? is Joel Austin played uh-huh. by Gary. Oldman. Yeah. And that's what I think the movie does a good job of. Like his name is literally Carnegie, a name synonymous with industry, greed and capitalism. And he knows the power of the book that he wants to use for evil. Right. And that is a historical fact that religion can be the opiate of the masses used to control mm-hmm. people. And that's what he wants yeah. it for. Um, and so he represents the works of man. Right. And it's not just religion that uh, Eli carries. He also is famous for having that iPod with Al Green and Johnny Cash on it. And stuff like he's and carrying by Dre. Don't yeah, forget. Yeah. The beats by Dre. yeah. You can't forget the beats. <laughs> he's carrying, <laughs> he's carrying art is what he represents. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that's why I, that's what I choose to see in this movie. Um, and that's what I think he's walking to preserve and everything else is just greed and lust and the dirtier parts of man. And he represents higher thinking in general, which mm-hmm. also includes, yes, it's represented in this case by the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, then when he gets to Lombardi, he talks about Mozart and Shakespeare and all kinds of stuff that he's preserving. And the Bible is just one thing that he thinks is important. Um, so that's why I like the movie. Also, the action <laughs> is Great. Here we have the Marshall Mathers LP. By <laughs> <laughs> right next to that, the Bible. That's right. That's right, baby. Um, doggy style by the Snoop DLWG. Uh, <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hell Are yeah. you familiar with the 1998 film Spice World? <laughs> Let me I want to see that movie where it's Denzel just murking fools trying to protect Spice Worlds on Spice World on VHS. Do you have? <laughs> let me see your copy of Doggy Style. It's up here. <laughs> Lottie Dottie, we likes to party. And Malcolm McDowell's like, hold on, hold on, I can't write that fast. We don't cause no trouble. We don't bother nobody. Ah, brilliant. <laughs> I can't say the rest of it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what I see in it. And I don't read a couple of the scenes that you hate that way at all. I, I wholeheartedly, vehemently disagree that the book itself in physical possession is is the a dome of protection around him. Oh, I don't think it's the book itself. It's the fact that he's given up the book and the, con- the, whole the contract is, is the book is in his head. He is the book. He is the book. Sure. He can't yeah. give up himself. And I like the title, the book of Eli, meaning like a, a chapter of the Bible, like the book of Matthew, the book yeah. of Luke, the book of John, it's but also the book, the physical book. It's a double entendre. I'm a simple man with puns. I wish I wish Malcolm McDowell like added one, like when he wrote, like transcribed the entire Bible, he added one that like, the book of Eli. <laughs> this dude was super cool. Lottie Dottie. Lottie Dottie. He did, it did say Alcatraz Press on it. That was nice. Did you see that? Yeah, I like that. Um, but let's get in. There's lots of time to talk about these individual scenes. We've, this is the biggest a debate we've ever had on a movie about 2010's The Book of Eli. <laughs> I know. And I <laughs> love it. This is exciting. I love it. <laughs> this is exciting. Um, uh, directed by the Hughes brothers. 
as and as you guys pointed out, written by Gary Whitta, who who wrote most famously probably Rogue One. Uh, and these guys, these directors have done like Menace to Society, um, From Hell. Oh yeah, uh, from hell. Dead Presidents. You remember that movie mm-hmm. from the nineties? From Hell, like the Johnny Depp movie. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so lots of good stuff there. At a budget of eighty million, shit made one hundred fifty-six million at the box office. So probably didn't make its money back. But yeah, probably did not. Because not a huge hit. Because usually take you, you take the budget and you multiply it, you double it, and that includes advertising. Well, and they only get half of those ticket sales because the other half goes to theater. Um, uh, I think they get more than half. <laughs> It's, it's around <laughs> but the, there. But the theaters do get their cut. Yeah. Um, and But the, the movie opens with a, a dead body with a gun in the ash of nuclear winter, right? There's a fucking hairless cat. Terrifying. Uh, <laughs> and you get to see the, like the dead body's little toe beans and it's panning across. And there's a guy in a gas mask um, using a bow and arrow with his feet, which is an interesting tactic. And, and boy, get that stretch. He's just super stationary, man. Oh, so not scare the cat? Yeah, you've just been sitting like that for fucking hours. You know, you can't hold a bow like that. Can you imagine the core strength (laughs) and the calluses on your fingers to be able to do that? I think you have gloves. Oh, that's true. But still. But still, yeah. Yeah, For hours? Yeah. And boy is hungry. He's trying to eat that cat. Small point that I want to make real quick. This is the one and only time that we get the gas mask uh, throughout the entire thing. And I just, I want to know where where this is. Why 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 don't we get more... Um, of the fallout area that we can't go to and like we're going to run and hide in here and stuff and like there, there's some missed opportunities there. I think on this rewatch the way that I took it is that this is many years before the rest of the movie. Oh really? So like I don't I have no idea no context for that. It's just the way I'm seeing it this time because I, I had that same thought. It's like because I've seen it so many times when I saw this scene I was like they definitely don't wear gas masks. Well no he, well, he he offers Tom Waits cat oil. Yeah. So like it has to be unless That's he's true. just been also, he's, cats for 30 I years. I kill a lot of cats. <laughs> it's my thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Even before the apocalypse I just Hate him. Not a fan. Something I enjoy. Here, kitty, kitty. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. He does have specifically cat oil um, with the engineer later on. And also he uses uh, KFC wet wipes to whore bath himself um, in the scene prior and then offers Tom Waits some KFC wet wipes. And and Tom Waits like, oh, hell yeah. I love these. (laughs) I fucking love these. Finger licking good. (laughs) You got any gravy? (laughs) So maybe it's just a a more uh, hot zone or something. Yeah, totally. Uh, then there's like, it's a good way to introduce the fact that you're in a post-apocalypse, you know? Yeah. And we never really hear much about what caused the war other than probably the Bible and the burning of the Bible is it was some kind of religious war. And you yeah. see bomb holes. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, yeah, it, I feel like landscape. they imply like a nuclear war. Holes, and then we call at, them. <laughs> at one point, the nuclear war like opened up the ozone layer because he talks about the, the sun, the hole in the sky, the hole yeah. in the sky, burning everything. Yeah. And I think that's clever writing as to why he's blind and why, the, you know, and why everybody wears those glasses, why they wouldn't be weirded out that he's wearing them so much because the sun is so bright. There's no ozone and everybody goes blind if they don't wear those. Yeah, because he mentioned uh, to Jennifer Beale's character at one point, like, were you blind before or after the flash? He was born this way. Yeah. Mm. Was it? Baby, I was I do born know it was, this way. I do know it was us that scorched the skies. And then she was like, did you just steal that from the Matrix? <laughs> and he was like, what if I told you? And she just left. It was a weird scene. Should have wa- cut that out. I was watching the Matrix when the bombs <laughs> fell. <laughs> um. He busts into a house, and this is what Andy was alluding to. There are a lot of, real, I think, clever hints to the fact that he's blind. If you're re-watching it, like the way that he touches the plates when he comes in. Mm-hmm. He bumps um, into a table. He bumps the table with his left thigh and then proceeds to go around it. Um, 
Uh, he checks the tap water. The way that he does it is operating under the assumption that he can't see. If you watch, if you rewatch it, everything in that scene is he's definitely blind, right? Um, and then he, when he opens the closet, there's a body hanging in there, and you can tell that he doesn't react until he smells it. And I just think it's a nice touch. It's just like a, there's a split second of non-reaction to the dead body, mm-hmm. and then he, you can see that he smells something foul. Um, and then he takes the shoes. Um, there's so many little things that I noticed on this watch. So it's like, oh yeah, he can't see. And that's why the scene goes this way. Um, he's so hyped to get some new shoes. <laughs> um, nice, nice, nice. I love that. He fe- <laughs> he feeds some cat to a rat, which I thought was cool. Cat to a rat? Yeah. You know, it's like the rat. The rat never gets to do oh, that. Oh, the turntable. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's right, baby. The rat's like, my man. <laughs> <laughs> He plays, he plays some Al Green. Uh, <laughs> the rat's like, butterfly in the sky. Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice the sky. What a cool rat. Apparently, uh, according to Denzel, he was they didn't know what song he was supposed to be listening to. He, so he's not listening to Al Green's song. He's listening to Incubus. Oh, like he played <laughs> in, in real time at that yeah. time? Yeah. So if, uh, according to him, like his son picked in- Incubus. And so if you, apparently if you watch that scene, hey, Mega. he's Look. like bobbing his head off beat because he's not listening <laughs> to that song that's actually Which playing. Incubus song? It's got to be um, Drive, right? Uh, it does not say. The little, the they little got a lot of bangers. trivia I found did not say which Incubus song it was. That's neat though. Yeah, but he starts to care for his weapons, sharpen his machete, you know, oil and check his guns and stuff while he's listening to the iPod there. That's an old iPod, right? One of the original ones. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Takes um, that KFC whore bath. He does take it's called a hoe bath. I think whore bath is kind of derogatory. Oh, is it? Sorry. Yeah. Hoe bath. Forgive me. <laughs> he does. He ri- wipes his body with moist towelettes. And uh, <laughs> I love when he's like, well, time to get the balls. <laughs> I appreciated they included that scene in there. Yeah. He's got burns all over his body. You know, it's interesting. He's been through some shit. And then he opens the book and obviously he's reading it with his eyes closed. It's a pretty dead giveaway on your second watch because <laughs> he's got his eyes completely closed and he's just and he's like one of those annoying people that moves his lip while he reads. Uh, yes. And then he went and then let there be light or whatever it says. I've never read it. Uh, and then <laughs> <laughs> call me Ishmael. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we get the sunrise. His iPod's dead. And this is one thing I thought was really neat. It says low battery on the screen very clearly or like no battery. But he, he keeps pressing the buttons because he's blind yeah. mm-hmm. and he can't see that it says no battery. And I was like, oh, nice touch. Need my tunes. Uh, and he gets back to trekking. Steve, what would be on your iPod in the apocalypse? Uh, Probably like a lot of Queen. <laughs> yeah. So I can just, so it's me on the desert road, like, <laughs> don't stop me now. <laughs> that was very the anachronistic. Flamboyant <laughs> wastelander out there. <laughs> Another one bites the dust. You're <laughs> 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 just literally snapping and dancing your way down the street. It's like when people take the high school musical videos and they take the music out. So it's just like, <sighs> when they see you yeah you'd be like the star lord of this post-apocalyptic yeah exactly (laughs) so he's an idiot (laughs) yeah exactly what about you andy oh man it's on your Uh, mixtape it's on my mixtape the beatles for sure if like if if there was my desert island band that's what i'm gonna have to listen to for the rest of the apocalypse so Mine's going to be an audiobook of Bear Grylls' How to Survive the Apocalypse, what I'm putting on my <laughs> Oh, we could put <laughs> audiobooks on our, our iPod. That's definitely what mine's going to be. IPod. 
I'm going to be the one that survives. Okay. <laughs> uh, so there's a sunrise. He's it's back to trekking. Uh, we get that Fury Road scene where um, Tom Hardy's like, "That's bait," uh, because yeah, he immediately susses out that this this lady asking for help is is bait, and he sniffs, he smells them. Right. Mm-hmm. Hannibal um, Lecter over here. What does that say about our hygiene? Uh, he's very upset about that. Very the only good thing about no soap is you can smell hijackers a mile off. Yo, stinky bitches. <laughs> Scrub your balls. Yeah. Your lady stinks too. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> does she live under that shopping cart? <laughs> They're all they all come out crying and shit. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I like my lady. That's he found the one thing we're sensitive about. <laughs> Not even our teeth. We don't care about that. Nah, fuck those. He he brushed his teeth a little bit in the last scene too, kinda. Um, but yeah, so they're they're unfazed by his guns because they're like, it ain't loaded, is it? They never are. Apparently. Never are. Bullets are very scarce in this mm-hmm. zone, too, I'm gathering, right? Until certain scenes, but we'll get to those. Well, it would make sense that the 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 the, the dude in power who runs the town would have yeah, the he's literally looted the surrounding thousand miles. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's the way I take it. Yeah. Um and then George and and he also just has like a rail gun and an RPG and apparently Denzel, <laughs> Washington, Denzel Washington has like a million bullets too. Yeah. So like yeah. they're rare, but like they're those not. Those are God's bullets. Right. Yeah, I don't true. understand what's so hard. He to doesn't have to. <laughs> those are holy bullets. That's the ooze master. <laughs> you never have to reload God's pistol. I love this scene so much. The way the choreography of the way uh, Eli steps into the shadows his machete and just in general and every time he does it the way that it's hanging below his like upside down behind his right arm and he reaches up behind himself and just he's so fast with it mm. uh i love it so much but yeah the way he steps into the shadows because he's blind yeah. he's always in the shadows Old field advantage so he wants them to not be able to see you merely adopted the dark yeah he's the bane <laughs> yes i have a big knife and i love al green <laughs> I washed my balls. You put your hands on me again, you won't get it back. (laughs) And Denzel Washington's so amazing. Just the the fact that line delivered him like, you touch me again, you ain't getting that hand back. And then just that the real quick, so quick, so fast. And I love how the the guy whose hand gets cut off, like almost doesn't know how to react. Yeah, it's that fast. He's like, what'd you do that for? (laughs) What'd you do? What'd you do that for? And then what does he say? Kiss him. Kiss him. Oh, he's going through shock. He's in shock. I do that. It's so well played. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a bunch of stabby stab under the bridge. So fucking great. One guy King has a fucking. Hey, got shit on me. <laughs> That's right. Well, do you have any Malcolm X quotes in there? You're going to drop down? Oh, maybe. That would be ballsy. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking great scene. He comes out and executes the leader almost tenderly, like. Like, I'm not gonna, ah, you tried. Yeah, you're not going to survive out here with no friends in one hand. I'm yeah. just going to mm-hmm. do this for you. Um, and then he gets to loot. After every good video game sesh, you get to loot all the bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's no stranger to that. Da-na-na-na. He leaves the water to the woman. I couldn't tell if it's because he smells it, if it's just not good water. Oh, or yeah. if he's was, being nice to her. I couldn't tell. Either way works. It was like black. Yeah. Yeah. This is piss. <laughs> you go ahead and have this honey he's like what is this an ipa no thank you <laughs> it's an ipa uh, and she's Ooh, i'm a pilsner man <laughs> oh this is perrier mm, i don't like the bubbles i love perrier <laughs> i'm more of a topo chico guy myself uh but yeah and then she's like can i come and he's like no, no definitely not no you live under that you shopping stank. cart you stank I don't have enough moist toilets for you to join me. 
I just love that woman because she pops up later on the movie and she's in the same fucking. She just stays right there, and some more <laughs> looters show up, and they're like, "You stay there, and you'll be the bait." I think she's a, she's in a different place. I think right. Like, yeah, it's she's a different location, it's but, but it's, it's, okay. it's the same. It's the same shtick where she's like, "Oh no, I'm trapped. My, my shopping cart this fell on she, my leg." That's how she survives. Yeah she, yeah, she finds a new group. I'll be the bait for you, group. Look, here's what I do. I give everybody in the group handy jays every handy day, jays. and I will do the bait thing. I'm Otherwise, bringing a lot to the table. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. Handy jays in the bait thing. All I ask for is 10% of the take. That's, that's all I ask that's for. It. And let me have my piss water. Oh, also, another caveat, no one touches my shopping cart. That's true. That's the, that's the key to my, that's the whole razzle-dazzle I bring, all right, is, mm-hmm. is the shopping cart. Mm-hmm. I took this from a Piggly Wiggly 6,000 miles east. It's my best friend. One of these wheels locked up right outside of the parking lot. It's terrible. It's this new security feature. (laughs) This sucks. But it's still mine. It's all I got. Um, He scouts... he scouts a motorcycle gang. He's up on the top. This is the scene that Steve was very upset with, uh, about God's plan. Um, they just kill the man. And it's Cheddar Bob, I'm pretty sure. Uh, kills the man. Take they. I think sexually assault the woman. He's up there just mumbling, stay on the path, stay on the path. I, I did get a chuckle, not bef- before the sexual assault happens, but they shoot the dude and... They 80 yard some dude in the distance and go, great shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That dude's enthusiasm's like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm almost positive that main character of that little band, I forgot his name, is Cheddar Bob from Eight Mile. Do you guys ever watch Eight Mile? The guy that shoots oh, himself yeah, in the yeah, leg, yeah. the goofy yeah, friend absolutely. of MMs. Yeah, that's Cheddar Bob, I'm pretty sure, which makes it extra funny for me. Because yeah. um, at first I thought it was Flea. Yeah, it is Cheddar Bob. Nice. Uh, the actor awesome. is Evan Jones. Cheddar Bob on Apocalypse Bob. He's come a long way. He's coming. He's, yeah, he's going places. Uh, and then he, Eli pauses at a crossroads, which is very biblical, very intentional, right? I'm not going to keep going down this path or am I going to whore and gamble? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whore and gamble it is. Yeah, he turns right. Uh, I then, need to listen to my tunes. But he's also, it also works because he's blind and he has to like wait to get a sense of direction. I, I think it works. Uh, he comes to a town. Go and go, Horan Gamble. He meets Tom Waits, king of whoring and oh gambling. Oh my gosh, this was the first time I was like, blew my mind. Fucking Tom Waits is in this. <laughs> <laughs> and and this is before everybody was hip to Tom Waits being in their stuff. You know, yeah. it's 2010. I mean, I mean, it, it's post Mystery Men. True. So. So Mystery Men started the trend, yeah, I guess. Facts. That's true. <laughs> Everything's post-Mystery Men in my mind. I love the interaction with Tom Waits, though. He's like, you, you got any, you got to pay for it. You got any coin? I don't know. You got, you got any toys? Yeah. He's like, no, no I don't. I, wait. I, he says, I don't play. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't play. <laughs> it's such a good. Well, before that, he like takes his shotgun from him and then like yeah. gives it back. And he's like, take your finger off the trigger now. <laughs> All that stuff is great. Can you um, I, I, again, Denzel Washington's performance is so good because he, he sna- he's like, I don't have, oh, got your gun, but I'm going to give it back to you real cool, okay? Yeah. Like, just, Relax. Just love it. I just want you to know I could fuck you if I wanted to. If I wanted to, I could splatter the, the balls with you, right? Or splatter you. I don't play. Whatever I, <laughs> whatever I, I wanted to do. Me. I don't play. You could be splattered. Um, but I do have moist toilets. Yeah, so they make a trade. Essentially for him to, like, charge his, like... It's like a little generator to get charged yeah, or something. Yeah, a little battery pack. I've like, got a USB-C. Like you have? Yeah, I got a little battery pack for my phone. Yeah. Get a lightning cable. No, I don't <laughs> even need the cables. I can just uh, juice it. I mean, whatever he says. He's like an IT guy. But he's the engineer. Yeah. Right? So This is the first time in the movie, too, that they kind of introduced the concept of like, let me see your hands. 
Oh, that there's some kind of uh, sickness or plague. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes them cannibals as well? Uh, no, no, the cannibals, the people that eat people, their hands shake because yeah. there's some too much iron or whatever. <laughs> Scientifically, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it's uh, Kuru disease. Kuru? Oh, it's a real thing. Yeah, it's a, a form of, I'm going to butcher this, it's a form of Kretzfeld Jacob disease caused by eating human brains or spinal columns. Interesting. The first symptom is shaking limbs. Interesting. It's real. Uh, but it's, it's also a disease like it once... Uh, it'll kill you. Like it's a degenerative disease. Like you'll eventually die from it. Uh, like two years after symptoms start showing. So like if your hands are shaking, you're not long for the world anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. What else does it do? Uh, so Martha was doomed. So the, the Kuru, I did some research cause I found it kind of fascinating. And so the term Kuru divide, uh, derives from the fora word and fora is a group of indigenous people, I think in South America, cause I noticed this cri- tribe of indigenous people had this symptom and it's like the first real kind of like documented case of like, why are they shaking? Oh, it's cause they ritualistically part of their ritualistic burial rites was consuming the body so that the, that person would live on in the community, but that was causing this disease in people. Uh, the shaking. It's also called the laughing sickness because it makes people have uh, pathological bursts of laughter. Oh, that's is, creepy. Yeah, it's it's a very and and because of this tribe that they initially founded in the they the funeral rites they eat the people right. I mentioned that before. Yeah. But certain people would eat certain things. So like the men or the hunters, right? So the men would go, they would balls. eat the, they would eat the muscles. Oh. They would eat balls. Yeah. So they I, would I, eat, my brain went to the balls. Yeah. I'm like, who, I eats, want the probably, balls. who eats the balls? Probably. But I they want would, the balls. They would eat more <laughs> muscular tissue, whereas women and children would eat more of the brain and spinal column. So uh. it was much more uh, prevalent in the women and children of the tribe. And they didn't know why. And it's so because you, of this disease. You could be a cannibal and just not eat the brain or the spinal column and be fine. Apparently, if yeah, no, because it's uh, how about the butt cheeks? Something to do with um, if one were to eat ass, I'm not saying that's me. Oh, you'd be good. Okay, you'd be good, baby. You <laughs> know, it's something to do with um, some glute steak. Uh, prion is that what it's called? Is that the word prions? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a type of I, I I know I'm dumb, but it's prions and prions is something that is a part of like mad cow disease. Ah, uh-huh. okay, but but the prions come from that tissue. Interesting. Yeah. Did not know this was a real world thing. That's cool. Mm-hmm. You got any prions? No. All right. I don't I got, play. I got prawns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but their whole interaction is great. He's got to wait a couple hours. He's like, go to the bar. The Orpheum is about to open up. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to stay right here. You don't trust me, do you? I'm going to wait here. Uh, no, he does not trust you, right? Um, Good writing. And I need my iPod for sure. He gets. He, he, he doesn't he give him the K, some KFC wet wipes and a lighter. He does. He gives him his the, light, the lighter he took from the loot and the KFC wet wipes is enough money to charge his uh, charging pad. And then the bikers from earlier show up. It's the road crew, right? And they show up to the Orpheum and he decides. It's Cheddar Bob. He does want some. So uh, to your point, though, Steve, I think part he's been thirsty. He's been looking for water throughout this entire movie. Mm-hmm. But I also think he wants to kill the people that raped that woman and killed that dude. Because he knows that's them because he hears the bikes. And all of a sudden, he's like, do they have water over there? And mm. I think he's upset. He's gonna, he's willing to go and act vengeance. He wants he's to, looking for some he vengeance. He wants to cause trouble. He does. He He's he's the guy who's like, oh, am I the drama? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to poke your cat. It's Taylor Swift, right? <laughs> it's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's, it's me. me. <laughs> 
This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It can be tough out there as we try to navigate the many twists and turns that life throws our way. Not every problem we face has an obvious or easy solution, but talking through these issues can always bring major benefits. So whether you're dealing with a career change, relationship help, or just getting used to your new normal, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. I myself have benefited from therapy. I have benefited from BetterHelp. I was struggling to find myself and figure out who I was post-divorce. BetterHelp matched me with an amazing therapist who taught me all about codependency, what it was, and ways I can combat it and realize my whole true self. So if it sounds like therapy is the right move for you, then give BetterHelp a try. It's online, convenient, flexible, and can work with your schedule. Filling out a brief questionnaire is all it takes to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time. To start your own therapy journey, visit betterhelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash streaming things. Hey, Stream Fiends. Over here at Streaming Things, we like to give a special shout out to all of our members of our Patreon, but we want to specifically shout out our super patrons for the month of August. So thank you, Becky Leduski, Kaylee Sampson, Stanton Valentino, Huckleberry Cauliflower, Giancarlo Gasparin, Mike from New Hampshire, Brett X, Emily Scarano, Little Tickler, Svento7, Jay Scramo, AK Ashley Ray, Adam Busby, Wendy O'Laughlin, Jason Hawkins, Trey Barrera, Conrad, David Malfara, Professor Beth RN, Rabbit Dog in a Barbie Car, Jose Ruben Cruz Rodriguez, Charlie Friday, Alexis Adler, The Pedal Peddler, Emmy, Joe Velez, Valerie, John Collins, Amber McVeigh, Amanda King, Trisha Bueller, Sun Loving Mortal, Suzanne Road, Jadinklage Morgoon, Jen Robinson, Kate, Kalisha Reeves, Aaron Armstrong, Kevin Strother, Jeanette Murphy, Ashley Powers, Stephen V, Casey McCain, and Enza. Thank you all so much and back to the show. We cut to Ray Stevenson and Gary Oldman, uh, a sentence that I love to say. Yeah. Um, and he's obsessed with books. That's what the road crew was trying to steal from that guy. He brought, and 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 uh, Cheddar Bob is so hyped. Like, dude. I fucking nailed it, dude. He did good. I, I got a whole sack of books. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the Eat defense code. <laughs> Yeah, all kinds of random Didn't ass they have books. Like a, like a women's health magazine or something in there. Yeah, there? <laughs> none of them can read. He, the Carnegie Gary Oldman's literally reading a book about Mussolini. Way yeah. too on the nose. Very yeah. on the nose. So whatever. Uh, and and Cheddar Bob's so sad that he doesn't have what he needs. I don't understand. That's a shitload of books. <laughs> what are we doing wrong? There's there, like twelve there can, of them there. There could be what like twenty books in the world tops. Yeah. Like what are you looking for, man? We found them all. He's like, no, no, no. You did good. Shampoo's great too. Go get you some pussy and booze, and then go back on the road. That's what. That's, that's a quote from the movie, not me. I don't talk about women that way. So and he, then in his in his in Carnegie's office, he has a poster of uh, a boy and his dog. Have you ever seen that movie? Mm-mm. Okay, I was, I was. Have you seen it, Andy? No, I, I was. I curious. didn't catch the poster. I was curious because I, I looked it up and it's called out. Like there's a lot of like a boy and his dog Easter eggs in this movie, supposedly. And I was, tr- I never heard of that movie. And apparently it's a man in his book, uh, a man in his book, but it, <laughs> but it's, it's, it was, it directly influenced Mad Max and Mad Max is like the progenitor right. of like the modern post-apocalyptic sure. movie. So this is like a big homage to that movie. And so I looked up the plot for that movie and it said, like, can I read you the synopsis yes. of a boy and his dog? We need to cover this movie at some point. This is the synopsis. Vic played by Don Johnson 
is a libidious 18-year-old traversing the post-apocalyptic desert of 2024 in the company of his telepathic dog, Blood. When the pair encounter an underground community, the leader's daughter, Keela Holmes, seduces Vic into their fold, separating from Blood, who's left to survive on his own. But once Vic discovers he's been lured there solely for mechanized procreation, he realizes he is doomed unless he can escape and rejoin Blood. It's from 1975. This is wild. Isn't that the most wild plot synopsis ever? Like, I I read that and was like... Go on. <laughs> I am going to watch that tonight. <laughs> it's apparently a black comedy. Like it's it's a post like it's supposed to be funny. Comedy <laughs> drama. Yeah, comedy is the first. And it's is it Australian? Just like a. I don't know. I, I know nothing. No. I literally just looked this up before you guys came over today and thought, wow, I want to watch this. Interesting. I am going to watch this movie tonight. I want to watch a boy and his dog so bad now. <laughs> I told you I fuck with this genre like so much. Uh, but yeah, he's he does, none of the books that he wanted are there. We find out Carnegie has a blind wife, Claudia. He uses the shampoo on her. He seems to be very kind to her, but he's uh, abusive. Yeah. We, sh- we soon find out that's just the other side of the coin of his abuse. Uh, and and then we we see um, Eli trading stuff for water, like a pair of gloves. He wants to fill his canteen. The bartender says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Uh, and then he calls Solara, which again, to Steve's point, if Mila Kunis is in this apocalypse, you're fighting Carnegie for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like she's just she's not just walking around this town yeah. looking like 2010 perfect in this apocalypse. Um, but she sends her she's to go dirt on her cheek. That's though. true. That's true. Dang, girl, clean up. <laughs> um, he sends her to go fill the canteen. And we find out later that she's Claudia's daughter. And that's the reason Claudia is so beholden to Carnegie because it's to protect her daughter. Right. Yeah. And the reason Solar is there is so her mother doesn't get hurt. Like they're, yeah. they're both being abused. Um, and then, but during the scene where he's training for the water, he tries to shoo a feral cat off the bar because it's getting on his stuff. Yeah. And, and he, we know Eli fucking hates cats. We already we've seen him kill one. That's dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I will stab you with an arrow. He's like, no, thanks. I haven't paid for you yet. <laughs> but Martz is the Cheddar Bob's character. That's his cat. That cat's been here for two years. I love that cat. Where you come from? Why'd you touch my pussy? And he's like, I, so I just, I won't, I won't let it happen again. But he already knows. What's, that's why he's in there to start trouble. We know. It's me. Mm-hmm. He's the problem. He walked in, clocked that cat and thought, I'm going to kick that. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> he heard the cat while he was with Tom Waits. Not the motorcycles. And he's like. They have water over there. <laughs> they have cats over there. <laughs> I'm going to go fucking kill that I'm gonna cat. I'm going to go kill that cat. I hate them. Um, I'm more of a dog man myself. I got cat oil. Um, so then, yeah, he kills everybody in the bar. What is there to say? Another great scene. King Kong ain't got <laughs> That's right. on me. He cuts off like four dudes' heads in yeah. this scene. It's it so awesome. It's just like heads are popping left and right. It is amazing. It's so good. And he sets his backpack down, back, backpack down and goes to work. Uh, Solara comes back in as he's killing the whole bar. After quoting the Bible. Yeah. Into, Genesis 3, 17 and Into 19. dust we shall return. Mm-hmm. I know it ends that way. It's a good line. 
I love how he, oh, he only, even though he memorized the whole Bible, he only quotes like the, the verses everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> Those it's, are the good ones. It's just, it's Pulp Fiction. It's some cold shit to say before he kills Kill a motherfucker. Somebody. Yeah. I just thought it was some cold ass shit to say before I popped a motherfucker. That's not even a real Bible verse. It's just. I wish after every time he killed, like, won a fight, he would go, Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. <laughs> just one time for just Steve. One time for the yeah. boys. Throw it for me, man. Can I get a hell yeah? Can I get a hell yeah? He points at Solara. Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah. Stone cold E.T. You want to get a couple cheeseburgers? Why did we bring that up in the E.T. episode? I know. Why didn't we? Wow. We brought it up in every other one. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen that video? Uh, Stone uh, cold E.T. We've already initiated oh, yeah, Madison. Yeah, in the drive-thru. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have seen that. Get a couple cheeseburgers <laughs> and whip Vince McMahon's ass. <laughs> But she's like, stop. And he comes back to himself, right? Um, Carnegie, who owns the bar, all those men he killed are his men. He's impressed. He takes him upstairs just to talk to him. There's a little bit of, I wouldn't call it plot armor. It's just kind of not great writing about how he ends up in the cell with all his weapons still, you know, before Carnegie even. He just wants him to work for him so bad that he lets his, like, whole town be endangered by this clearly capable man. It's, like, Mm -hmm. not the best. But you could chalk it up to Carnegie's arrogance. But he offers him a job. He can read, too? Holy shit. Do you read? Every day. Even though I'm looking for a very specific book, I'm not curious which book you read every day. (laughs) Probably something stupid. (laughs) Is it about Mussolini? (laughs) That's what I do. Um, So he tells Carnegie that he's heading west, and Carnegie's like, there's nothing west. That's a a myth. And he says, I've been told different, meaning by God. Because then Carnegie says, by whom? And he just... I'm not going to get into it. You're going to think I'm weird. You're going to think I'm one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Two men showed up to my doorstep one day, well-dressed. They handed me a pamphlet and I was sold. Oh, that's what he says. Mm. I'd say Jehovah's Witness joke, Steve. Yeah, I know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, So then he puts him in a cell, essentially. Like he's not allowed to leave. There's a guard outside all night just in case you need anything. Right. Yeah. Um, Wink, wink, Uh wink. I'll kill you. And to think about things, because he says, no, I don't want to work for you. And uh, I'm not I'm not looking for a job. I'm independently wealthy. I invested in Bitcoin a long time ago. It's 2010 now. It's doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, the Claudia brings him food. He, he feels some kinship there. A fellow blind, you know. A fellow blind. You know. Uh, and they, they bond. He's blinded by the war or the sun after. And she's like, actually, I was born this way. Because... He's just going to ignore her, it looks like. He's, like, not trying to, like, be swindled by anybody that comes in until she says, you got to say something so I know where you are. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Fellow kindred spirit. But clearly not guided by God or you'd know where I was. I know where you are. Sucks to suck. Yeah. <laughs> I shoot guns and arrows. It's really nice being one of God's chosen favorites. <laughs> it is. It is. I got an eight. iPad or iPod and you get Gary Oldman. Yep. <laughs> you got shampoo. I like your perfume. Anyway, they have a good, uh, they bring him, she brings him water to wash with and some food. He sets it down, right? And then she goes back to Carnegie and she tells him he's not going to decide to work for you by the morning. I can just tell. He's he's got his own way about him. I think he's an early adopter of Bitcoin. (laughs) And and Carnegie says, oh yeah, it's not going to be me that convinces her. It's going to be Solara, Mm -hmm. which we later find out is her daughter. She's very upset. Don't do that. Don't do that. Right. Uh, Solara shows up. They put her in like a dress. He can't see it for obvious reasons we've already discussed. And 
Because <laughs> he's blind. So he's, <laughs> so he's unimpressed is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> and he was in there reading. So he hides the book. You know, it's probably porn under his uh, mattress. And I like also that she says it's really bright in here. Like, isn't it time to sleep? No, it doesn't bother me yeah. for obvious reasons. We'll get into later. And uh, she's supposed to make the sexy time with him. He's not interested because he's a man of God. And uh, a man of God. He's just sitting there, stay on the pass, stay on the pass, stay on the pass. <laughs> she tell- <laughs> she tell- he tells her to leave. And she's like, no, no, no. I got to pretend to do my job in here. He's going to hurt my mom. Mm-hmm. So he lets her hang out. We cut to Carnegie playing chess with Claudia. And she's zoned out because she's worried about Solara. Yeah. And then we cut back to a conversation with uh, Eli and uh, Solara. We find out it's been 30 winters since The Flash, which it's only been like a summer since The Flash here. And I mean, that movie just came out finally. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you think Ezra Miller's the, the, the reason the apocalypse happened? <laughs> Almost certainly. Um, he won't let her see the book. She can't read anyway, she tells him, right? Uh, but she won't tell him where they get their water. And before they eat, I think it's a really touching scene because um, nobody's ever like ate dinner calmly in this world anymore. So he's like, when well, we sit across from each other and just share this like people used to, you know, and, and then he prays with her and she's never heard a prayer before. It's a little hammy. She's like, let's say grace. And she's like, grace? What? <laughs> Did your parents say grace with you, Steve? No. Or your mom? No. Did your parents ever say grace, Andy? Yeah. Um, more like special occasions, not like every day at dinner. So it's really interesting of me, of all people, to grow up this way because my parents never went to church, not once. I only went to church twice in my life. I say it all the time. And that's when I spend the night at the wrong kid's house on a Saturday. <laughs> I wake up pissed, you know. Ah, oh, damn it! Come on, boys. Oh, you fuck, dude. You dude. fucked me. You fucked me. <laughs> it happened twice. It was Robbie. You remember Robbie? Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I went to church there. I was like, dang, this sucks. Uh, but my parents <laughs> did pray before every meal with me. Um, I don't. It's been a long, long time. I don't even remember. It was the same rote prayer every single time. Uh, Thank you, our Lord, he, for these thy gifts. Yeah, I think it's good to be religious and thy bounty for the, in your own world, yeah. For which we are about to receive uh, something like that. Yeah, it was nice as mm-hmm. a small kid. You know, it just made sense. I think it's nice to, as a as a uh, even as a agnostic gesture to be thankful that you have food and you know yeah, things you're thankful for, all that stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I, this scene's touching for me. Uh, and but then in the next scene, Solara tries to pray with her mother before breakfast, and that catches the attention of Carnegie. That's, oh shit, that's a prayer. That's the word you're looking for is amen. Amen. That's how you end it. So he grabs Claudia, wants to know if Eli had a book, because he's the one who prays. He said he read every day. What's he reading? Uh, and she's like, I don't know. pray, love. <laughs> it's really good. He but says he cries every night. It's the version of the book that came out after the movie. It was printed, so it has Julia Roberts on the cover. I don't know. I don't know. It was part of the Oprah Book Club. It's Javier Bardem, I think. <laughs> I need that book. Um, so, yeah, she does like the symbol of the cross. And he's like, oh, shit, that's the one. Um, they go to the cell. A lowercase t. <laughs> for time to leave. <laughs> one of my best favorite jokes from South Park. <laughs> t. Time to leave. <laughs> Um, and they're they, burning crosses in people's. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Something's good. Um, <laughs> when they go to the cell, Eli's, how did Eli get out of there? There's nothing like, there's no window broken or anything. He's a sneaky boy. Mm. Power of God. <laughs> <laughs> Disappeared. So like the whole inciting incident for this entire conflict is that his iPod died, right? Yeah. Like he wandered into Tom Waits' store to try to get some juice and everything yeah. happened. Well, if he'd have stayed in Tom Waits' store, it would have been fine too. I think it's more that he... Now, he went off the path a little bit. He wanted to, to avenge the couple on the road, you know, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it was also was the path to help people because that's how he helped Solara and Claudia, you know. Mysterious know. ways. I don't know. They work in mysterious ways. It's true. <laughs> don't go down that road. <laughs> There's people getting killed down that road. <laughs> and, and worse for ladies. What's that um, guy's name? The, I don't know. That the Harbinger or whatever. The, the, no, the dude from uh, Pet Cemetery who says, don't go down that road. Oh, I was thinking of the version. Is that version. what that's from? Yeah. I didn't know that. I was thinking of the version of his character in Cabin in the Woods when they, he calls him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Harbinger, oh, yeah. tell him I'm not here. Tell him I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Harbinger's calling. Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, they were led like lambs to slaughter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Is it Fred? Am I Fred on Yeah. Yeah. Don't um, go up that road. The Indian just used it till the ground went sour. <laughs> the ground went sour. Um, so yeah, they he's d- disappeared. So they just shoot the guard in the head, which is that poor guy. Ray Stevenson's just like, you're fired. Uh, Eli is out getting his phone charger <laughs> from uh, Tom Waits and all the shoulder soldiers confront him in the street. Carnegie knows the book's power. They have a conversation about, hey, last chance to come work for me, man. I'm going to take the book. Mm-hmm. Either way, I'd like you to work for me. Imagine if we had the right words for our faith. Dang. It's meant to be spread. I need to spread it. And, he's, and Eli's like, I, I totally agree. Once I find a place to spread it from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not you. Not you. You're going to spread it bad. Like Yo, herpes. bitch. Damn. <laughs> and then Eli just walks away. And Gary Oldman's like, I love this guy. He's fucking great. Kill him. Uh, which there's like some respect there for him too. He hasn't been like challenged like this in a long time. He's like, yeah. this guy's fucking awesome. He's got what we call, we used to call this big dick energy guys. <laughs> it's a hard thing to explain. Yeah. In another world, I would have lent him my Mussolini book. I would have. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where the bullets can't hit him. Uh, and Ray Stevenson's very confused. Um, then they have a shootout. My note, because I didn't know that was happening in the moment. My my note was just Redridge can't shoot for shit. <laughs> Redridge can't shoot for shit. <laughs> he was in Star Wars in another life. So <laughs> famously bad shots. We all know Jedi. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then there's a big like Western style shootout. He kills all the people off the top of the roofs and stuff like that. And finally, he stands up. Ray Stevenson has the draw on him and does not fire. Because he's touched, I assume, by the Holy Spirit in that touched moment. Touched by an angel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good show. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So then he lets him leave. But And I like how Carnegie, some of the writing's really good, though. Like the fact that Carnegie is shot in the leg yeah. is kind of why he's taken out of the moment here. So he's not able to be like, fucking shoot him. You know, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't see him get away. It's like, ah, shit. He, he's distracted. So it's kind of believable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Solara is like whispered to by Claudia at some point throughout all of this. And she is told, we find out later to follow the, to go with the guy. So she follows Eli and she tells him, I'll take you to the water. If you take you with me, it's, it will get as much water as we can carry. Um, and there's also kind of a, some backstory we can assume about Carnegie in this. Like that's why he has so much power because he Mad knew Max. about these, the he water. Yeah. The water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing as man. Exactly. Kid, yeah. 
And so, and like he killed everybody else who knew about it, or maybe everybody else died. It just depends on how you want to read that. Um, but I, I like to think he just killed everyone else who knew about it because he's like, I've had to do some things I'm not proud of, Eli. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A couple bad things, no big deal. Yep. Other than that, I'm Other a good that, guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Mussolini, misunderstood. I've been reading his bio. <laughs> <laughs> Same the, thing happened. I love to him. the moose. <laughs> moose, <laughs> my guy. <laughs> misunderstood. Um, so he locks, I don't like this. He locks her in. The, the door where the springs are to like, and she's like, you lied to me. And he's like, I didn't lie. And it's very upsetting to him that he would lie. He lied by omission. I never said, you said that. I never said you could hang out with me. I was, I lied by omission. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> but it's like, you know, he locks her in there because the road's a dangerous place. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But also, isn't she like definitely going to get murdered by the people that are going to find her there for, if, if they find her in time for yeah. <laughs> what if she just like, or just dies in there. there. Yeah. <laughs> for like taking them to, uh, taking him to the water, she'd be severely punished. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I do think it's funny that the, the way he gets her in there is like, Oh man, shoot. Dang. I forgot my glasses. You mind yeah. being a peach and going in there and grabbing <laughs> yeah. for me? Absolutely buddy. Sucker. No, that, that actually tracks like, like when I was helping my dad like fix houses and stuff as a kid, yeah. it's like that's all you can do is hand him tools, right? Oh, yeah. And that's her role in this. It's just like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this is yeah. my moment to be useful, right? Fuck, I, love, I, just, I just love that, <laughs> Dad. Oh, never mind. They're right here. <laughs> gotcha. He puts them on. And he starts walking again. It'd be funny if there was another door, and because he's blind, he just walked out. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you lock that door? <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I'm ill-equipped to pull uh, this well, ruse off. I didn't smell the door. I didn't smell the other door. Dang. Yeah, I mean, like, none of this stuff really bothers me about him, though. It's like, he's just daredevil to me, you know? It's like, he can basically see because of his powers. Oh, the door thing didn't bother me. No, no, no. I just meant in general. Back to, the, like, the shootout stuff. None of that stuff. Like, how did me. he know a house was there? Did he smell the house? And Yes. Know, like, that happens all the time. Yes, he did. He can, movie. like, see things because of the vibrations because some, like, radioactive chemicals were poured in his eyes, you know, or whatever. Superheroes have trained me for this movie. I would have loved it if they were like, ah, oh, man, The Flash. It killed some people, but it gave other superpowers like me. <laughs> Even though, have you seen The Daredevil? Me. Me. Because in this universe, those exist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eli Murdoch. I'm not a lawyer, though. <laughs> uh, yeah. My so. best friend's Foggy Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to Carnegie, who's getting, like, worked on for getting shot in the leg. And I love that he asks the quote-unquote doctor, which is just some fucking dude, to wrap it up. He's like, did you wash your hands? Because he knows about bacteria. None of these other people do, really, right? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, with your soap. You know, because... He's the only one that has the knowledge of this kind of stuff. I do want to say that like uh, like in the conversations that Carnegie had with Eli and stuff and like the general idea of like they were around before the Flash and everything, they should be cast way older than they are because it's like – Like Eli big, and uh, Oldman? Yeah, totally because like – you know, Well, I like, think everyone else should be cast younger. Yeah, ex- yeah well, exactly. they're the right age. They're about 50. Sure, yeah, okay. Point being that, like, they should be a lot older than everybody else, and they're not really. So it's like a dude standing next to him later on, he's like, go check the TV, and he's like, the what? 
It's dude, like, that dude looks pretty old. That dude's fucking 56. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what a TV well, is. That's why he's so mad at him. He's like, Jesus yeah. Christ, yeah. man. You're just well, I mean, it's, a, it's a great line. It's yeah. just, yeah, the, the age difference isn't there. They should be like these two relic old men. Or what maybe if, they what are. If they, yeah, maybe they are like 17 and just, man, growing up in a pocket. Yeah, that's, that's shitty what I was about to say. Your, your complexion. Yeah, for complexion. sure. The yeah. sun's rough. They're not eating right, for yeah, sure. They're not taking some water they're drinking. It's actually pretty fucked up. I just got out of kindergarten. <laughs> with the dude driving him i know my colors <laughs> still working on shapes <laughs> I, I, I hope i went into like a deep voice forrest gump there that's still no shapes i may not be a smart man but i know who mussolini is <laughs> carnegie taught me all about him those look like comfortable shoes. <laughs> One day I found a book, and for no particular reason at all, I just started walking. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The whole movie, Book of Eli, but as Forrest, Forrest Gump. Gump. Stay I on the just path. kept walking. <laughs> Solara's like my Gen A. He's, fo- he's following a floating feather the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. So Laura at the end is like, I think I'll go home now. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he reads Malcolm McDowell about the Bible and goes, and that's all I'll have to say about, about that. that. <laughs> <laughs> After revelations. <laughs> oh, Please. Yeah, it works. Whoa, it works. So fucking funny. <laughs> it works. Uh, but yeah, he's he's. He's thinking as he's walking, stay on the path. It's not your concern. Stay on the path. It's not your concern. Thinking about Solara and, and the trouble she's probably going to be in. And, of course, we find out he decides to not stay on that particular path as he sees it. Um, so he he starts to look back. And then Solara finds one of the that fucking help me bait woman with the shopping cart. It's me again. <laughs> but I like that the woman is like <laughs> when she sees Solara is yeah. like, fuck. No, no you, honey, stop. You, you don't want none of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Even though she's already toast if she's next to her, right? Yeah, the, yeah. the guy's like right behind there like, hello. <laughs> uh, I don't know why he waits so long. Hello. It's me. You're trapped. He's just really, in, he, there's not a lot of entertainment in the apocalypse. So he's like, man, she's a great actor. Cart lady, <laughs> man, magnum opus. She's crushing it. I wonder what she's going to bring to this performance today. <laughs> you know, drinking that piss water must give her some kind of edge. Man, it kind of sounds like she's trying to get her to go away so we can get her. Hey. Hey. <laughs> oh, my God. Is there Dementors in this apocalypse? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Cart lady, you're mean. Cart lady, you let the ruse up. We were going to get Mila Kunis and tell her what it was like to work with Ashton Kutcher. We were going to suck her soul afterward. Yeah, a lot. There's plenty to go around. Mm-hmm. She's a lot of soul in that lady. That's what we like doing. Just, uh, the Hannibal Lecter one is, I don't like that oh, one. Oh, you get to be the Lord of Kisses and I can't be the Lord of Sucking? Oh, well, <laughs> is that how you suck? You just, <laughs> it sounds like you're just gobbing them. <laughs> is that how you suck? I'm a new Dementor. What do you do? Is that what you do? You slurp? Yeah. <laughs> You soul slurper. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so this this scene, so the, the jabroni's jumper. People that didn't listen to our Harry Potter coverage. <laughs> very confused. Lost, very confused. <laughs> the jabroni's jumper. And I laughed so hard at the scene. It started off like, oh, gosh, this is kind of harrowing. There's a sexual assault happening. But then dude goes to undo his pants and he gets arrowed. I assume in the butt, but through his dick. <laughs> yeah. And, he, yeah. and he looks and then the camera like pans back up to him and he looks back at his friend like, like 
It's a living. And then like, <laughs> and he falls over it. dead because, you know, the butt is the most yeah. important part of the body. Yeah. But then his buddy. It ain't much, but it's honest work. I feel so bad for this actor because I don't know how they could have edited this any other way. But th- this guy just like he looks towards camera, which is where the arrow came from. He's like, nothing there. Maybe if I look behind me. No, nothing there. <laughs> What if I look back in front of me and get arrow to the face? And then Eli's just standing directly in front of him. Like, I know. I didn't, under, I didn't understand that scene either. It's almost like he saw Eli and then was like, what are you looking at? <laughs> what are you about to shoot? Is there a cat back behind is me? There some, oh, shit. Is there a cat there? <laughs> oh, it's me. Oh, shit. You shot me. At least he didn't get me in the b-hole. Wait a minute. I think you're, you got a bone. You shot Daryl. Also, why'd you waste arrows? You're only six feet away and you're very accomplished with that machete. Yeah. It's a weird scene. <laughs> it's a weird scene. And it doesn't have that like triumphant, oh, he saved her. You know, it's obvious, right? I get it. I get what you're saying. If you have problems with it, I also don't think it's great. Oh, I was. Um, I just thought it was funny as hell. I'm still trying to think of the physics of where did the arrow enter and where did it come out? I think right above the the b-hole. Like, right above it? Right yeah, above like it. where your like the tailbone? Where your tailbone is, yeah. Okay. And a little slight downward angle because he's taller than a b-hole. Yeah. But so was he coming crouching? from down? I don't think we don't know. Yeah. He could have been crouching. That's why a guy didn't see him at first. <laughs> like, oh, I wasn't looking down at the ground. <laughs> None of them have great eyesight. Now after the flash. That's true. And he had pretty big goggles on the, the dude yeah. who got shot second. You know who is probably in this universe is Sniper Tone. Oh, he's definitely. He's watching this whole thing go down. I was really admiring the trick shots that you've been doing, young Eli. Uh, he was probably one of the guys on the roofs in the town. Oh, I was. That's why he didn't get shot. <laughs> there actually isn't a divine intervention thing going on. It's, it's just, just Sniper Tone. Sniper Tone's the, the, the crackpot leader. I've been, I taught everybody, all them boys, how to shoot. That's <laughs> why they can't hit anything. Between this town and complete destruction. <laughs> Anyone uh, who didn't watch our Last of Us coverage is also now even more confused. I'm trying to throw in more Easter eggs to old coverage like we used to. Yeah, you know, yeah. hasn't been a good opportunity on our after if hours. If only there were children that could have fought. <laughs> oh shit! The legend himself could have put Eli in a Nina. Um, where are we at? So he says Eli trick shots a bird. <laughs> That's right. He does. That was actually great. That was cool. Because I thought that scene reads kind of weird, right? Um, Because it's like, I thought he heard the motorcycles on the, or the cars on the road, which actually was like, oh, okay. He's like, we're about to have to pick up the pace. And then he just like shoots a bird. And I'm like, oh, he he heard the bird. bird. (laughs) It's fucking cool. Like the shot's great. And the scene's cool. And I don't like how slow Solara is. She's like, what did you do that for? He's like, <laughs> yeah, for We're going to eat it, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like with our mouths. Oh, you don't like birds? This, uh, this is him teaching her how to survive so that when she oh, cosplays yeah. Adam later, she's like, now I know that we eat birds. <laughs> <laughs> and we use cats as lube. That's a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I know these are possibilities. <laughs> you need some lube? Get a cat. I can survive this now. Yeah, it's true. Um, who says that he's protected somehow? I have that line written. A red, it was whatever. it Ray, Red Ridge said yeah, that Red Ridge protected yeah. somehow. You know, he's just a man, uh, innocent and, men. And by the way, I, I forgot to mention earlier that uh, he agreed to go look 
for Eli, even though they're already losing too many men, in return for Solara. You're finally going to give me Solara. God damn it. Yeah. I'm tired of waiting. I've been been watching for a long time. Mm -hmm. I hang out at the bar way longer than I have to. Just because yeah. she works there. And Carnegie's like, sure. Yeah. Okay. Good <laughs> okay. deal. I don't give a shit. Are you negotiating with me right now? <gasps> you need me more than ever. Look at the big balls on Reedridge. <laughs> uh, and then, so... She's like, do you, back to Mila and them. They're they're staying for the night. Do you read the same book every day? That seems boring. He's like, you can't even read. Why are you being all judgy? How do you know what it's like? Uh, and she's like, will you tell me some? So he recites the Bible to her. And again, it's one of the most popular verses that he chooses. He wants to bring her into the fold. Like, I mean, let me start with my strong foot. Lead the big hits for a reason. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It's like if somebody's never heard the Beatles, you know, you're going to pick one of the hits. Here comes the sun. Do -do -do -do. <laughs> <laughs> Strawberry fields. Hit him with that piece. Um, oh, you want him for the benefit of Mr. Kite? No, <laughs> no you're not ready for that. Mr. Kite. That's a good one, though. It is. You're not going to lead with Maxwell's silver hammer, you know? Oh, I love Maxwell's. Bang, clang, Maxwell's silver hammer came, came down, down upon his head. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> that is a banger. Um, so, yeah, he recites the Bible to her. He tells her that it's possibly the reason for the war in the first place. And that's why... There aren't any of these books because they specifically burn the Bibles. Mm -hmm. It's not like an accident that they were destroyed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why it's the last one. At what time after the nukes fell did people be like, you know what? Let's burn some books before, like, everything really went to shit. Because mm. I'm picturing people in town squares wearing gas masks. Well, I think the way he says, rumor has it this is the reason the war started in the first place, was like – the book burning was before the nukes, you know, mm. it was like a holy war, holy war. Okay. I could see that. Um, also, I think, I think it's kind of funny that, you know, well, he could have been like super young maybe when it started, but I like the idea of like, people are saying, this is why the war started. And it's kind of like, wouldn't you know? Well, he worked at Kmart. We know that. Did we? we do we know that? We know yeah. That? She, when she opens his uh, bag, uh, there's a name tag. It says, hello, my name is Eli, and it's a Kmart, uh, like, employee badge. Is it? That's funny. Yeah, 100%. I, I thought it was, like, him, it I thought it was him being a little kid, and that was his backpack. Mm -mm, and it was no. Interesting. He was a... He's just some some teenager at Kmart pushing carts. Oh, dude, when he saw happens. that lady with the broken cart, he's like, I totally could fix that. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. Been there, sister. <laughs> oh, that's tough. I used to have to corral those. Those are tough. Uh, but I can't show you my skills because you're bait and you stink. Um, <laughs> Stinky bait. Yeah. And, 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 and so he says this is where he tells the story of his origin. Like a voice led him to a place where he found the book and, uh, and set him on this, this path, this mission. And then he catches her trying to touch the book. I wasn't sleeping. Mm -hmm. Why are you touching my book? You thought I was sleeping? No. I wasn't. I was reading with my eyes closed. I've been watching you the whole time. Well, <laughs> sort of. Well. <laughs> That's something my, my mom used to say when I would catch her sleeping. I'd be like, are you sleeping? No, I was reading with my eyes closed. Mom, <laughs> you don't have a book in your hand. She's being a smart ass. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, I'm sleeping, idiot. Piece of shit, kid. Just resting my eyes is a popular comment. Can I have a moment of peace? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when she sees the name tag in the, in the backpack. Hello, my name is Eli. Is that the first time his name is referenced? Uh, I think so. Yeah, because uh, who, would, who would call him Eli? Everybody has no friends. Of, like, nobody really has names except for, like, Red Ridge. Does he introduce himself to Carnegie? He tells him his name's Eli? Maybe. I think, I thought that's what happened. Probably. Maybe, maybe it didn't. Uh, and she basically says, will you teach me to read? And he's like, yeah, I can teach you to read Braille. Yeah. Is that helpful? 
Uh, he probably still knows the alphabet and yeah. he can draw it and stuff. Yeah, because it's implied that he he did have sight but was blinded by the like flash or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. It was like revved up like a douche into the runner of the night. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> blinded by the light. Uh, he... I like the, that he quotes Johnny Cash. I think that is, oh, is that from your book? That's Johnny Cash, Live in Folsom Prison. Prison. <laughs> I thought that was great. It's like, oh, that's fire too. It's yeah. just as good as the Bible. Just dropping bombs right and left. Yeah. Uh, they stop at a house for water. This is where I think the writing is not good. They just loaded up on water for the trek at a spring as much as either of us, both of us together can carry yesterday. <laughs> You motherfuckers is thirsty. <laughs> like, you did not ration that at all. Like, <laughs> let's risk our lives for water 12 hours later. That, <laughs> Damn. That, that bird was salty. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? In retrospect, I've been out here for a while. We probably shouldn't have had a water chugging contest last night. As they're walking, you can hear it sloshing around and they're giving me. <laughs> in retrospect, doing the ALS bucket ice, ice bucket challenge was not a good way to use that water. Nah. <laughs> we can't even make these videos go viral. God. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve we, views. Why did we? <laughs> 12, they somehow still get twelve. I'm like, ooh, it's a great day. We got twelve. <laughs> it's like the streaming things YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> just, just Casey and Enza. <sighs> so they stop at the house for water. And uh, he kicks the step to make sure it's there. Another little blind reference. Like before he steps on it, he's like, okay, steps. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. That's a good sign. When he opens the door, they fall into a pit and then fucking Dumbledore with a shotgun pops up. Did you put your name in the gun? (laughs) (laughs) You were just a heartbeat faster than me. He's like, what? Is, is his wife also from Harry Potter? I don't think so. I mean, uh, every, she's super familiar. Every looking, British actor was in Harry Potter. Was. I know. That's why I asked. Like, But I don't know who she is. I can't tell you. That's George and Martha. That's all I know. Yeah, she's in The Goblet of Fire. She's Madame Olymp Maxima. Really? That's Madame Olymp. Oh, my yeah. God. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God, I thought she looked familiar. Is that Hagrid's tall? Yeah. Tall? Yeah. So two school headmasters co- wow. cohabitating. Francis eating people tour. in the house, man. I like how the cannibals team up with them against those fuckers outside, though. It is a fun little subversion because they set up this whole like the shaking hands thing like, oh, when that comes back, that's going to be wild. And then yeah. and then it's like, oh, these old people are eating people. That's why they're shaking. Yeah. And then and then they turn out to be the they help them out. Like, Fuck yeah. it. I got guns. <laughs> I'm Dumbledore. Also, do you think their name, George? I, I was trying to figure out if there was like a reason. I felt like the George and Martha as their name was like, ah, oh, that means something. Very pointed in some uh, way. Yeah, because that's, I mean, that's the George Washington and Martha Washington. Yeah, so that's I what like, I was just thinking. I, I, me and my President's Day trivia had no thought of that whatsoever, <laughs> Steve. I was about to Google it to make sure it was true before I said anything, but that's why we have you. Also, those are the main characters in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I like to think it's because of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Why did you say that name? Yeah. And she's like, Martha. And then Eli's like, why did you say that name? <laughs> and George is like, that's my wife's name. And then they bond. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Same scene. Um, I, I love uh, Michael Gammon's 
accent. He's going for some a little bit of twang. Mm-hmm. Like, I got guns. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm American in this but, movie. But his accent with that twang hits. I wish he was in this movie a lot longer. It's called a time turner, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eli wants to leave when he You're sees the handshake. You're a very special boy, Eli. <laughs> the, the, the troops show up. Its name's Fox. The troops show up, <laughs> and there's a couch full of weapons. They hold him off as long as they can. Uh, and there's a, some more comedy there where Eli's telling Solar, like, we're going to be okay. Don't worry. God, the, God told me. The voice I guess that's what me. you're talking about. The, the voice reference. is telling me that we're going to be okay. And he's like, what's it say about us? Didn't mention you. It didn't mention you. Uh, love that scene. I also didn't take it seriously that he was in active communion with God. I thought that was just him trying to cheer Solar up. You know, he's totally. Just, he's just a confident guy. But he's also petty enough to be like, ah, you fucked exactly. up. Exactly. <laughs> well, he knows he's a cannibal. He's like, I appreciate the guns, but you're a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be clear. I do um, love how like the kind of recreated uh, oneers with this, where like the action starts with them shooting up the house, but then the camera like walks into them, and you see what they're doing in the house and then the camera walks back outside. It's got, it's yeah. cool. It's a very cool scene. It's a good scene. The way that it looks, it's not staged super great unless you're reading it the way that you read it, which is like that. They're just leaning into their God protection. Yeah. That's how I was. Thinking. I didn't read it that way at all. I just thought you guys should probably be ducking lower, you know? Oh yeah. Cause that house is getting like cottage. Literally cheese, a, bull, like- a bullet comes right by Mila's head and she's just like, doesn't even duck. She's just like loading the gun. And I'm like, you should probably be a little lower. You don't mm-hmm. even have to, what are you doing? You don't you hug, <laughs> hug the floor. Yeah. Well, I, I, I should say she was already trained to fight because I joked about that earlier. But in this scene, she does like, can you shoot? And she's like, of course, you know, she does have some skills. Yeah. Um, not a particular set, perhaps, but some. <laughs> <laughs> then they fucking RPG the house. Which is like, damn. Hilarious. They RPG Martha. <laughs> Martha goes fucking down. <laughs> she, she gets a face full of RPG rocket. <laughs> she does. Uh, Ma- they killed Martha. Why did you say that name? Uh, then they have a Gatlin gun. Take out George. Poor George. After he kills a couple more. Um, and then they basically got him. The book isn't in the backpack. Check the TV. The what? That whole scene happens. Oh, we forgot to mention they threw out a, a dummy Bible that had a bomb in it. <laughs> yeah, that was quick. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how you get like that? I feel like George is the type is like, what do we use these books for? I've got, a, I've got a book bomb. Is that going to fit this sick situation at all? That's Holy actually shit. very appropriate. <laughs> That's actually really clutch, George. Thanks. Thanks, George. <laughs> which I guess is the point at which he put it in the TV was to swap it with the book cloth for yeah. the book bomb. But I think whoever, so he threw the, the bomb out there. I think Redridge had to have hate whoever's car he threw that directly. He's like, oh, he just sets it down. Let me throw it like right by the car. He just sets it down. And I I get it, though. Like if if I found a bomb, I would definitely just go "Ah!" and (laughs) chuck it. But yeah, in retrospect, throwing it would have been a way better way to handle that. Yeah. Um, And then there's this whole interaction where he takes Solara and says, I'm going to kill her. And Redridge is very upset at that moment as well. Like, Mm -hmm. that's my payment yeah son nobody wants her to get hurt and and eli has the the choice of save solara or try to save the book because nobody knows where the book is it could be back at the the springs for all gary oldman knows so mm-hmm. he can't you know that's eli's protection too you can't kill me until you know where the book is it'd be way better to be selfish in that moment uh but he's like ah, can't let solara get hurt mm-hmm. so he that's tells him innocent. the books in the back of the tv um and I love this scene because it's, it's two of What's the best. What's TV? It's, no, that's funny. But <laughs> it's two of the best actors of all time. It's Denzel Washington and Gary Oldman. Yeah. At the, at the climax of the movie. And I love this line. 
God is good. And then Eli finishes the quote all the time. And then it's a cool villain line. Not all the time. Not all the time. Right. Yeah, shoots him. Shoots him right in the gut, which is a dick move. Like you're going to die. But four hours from now, you know, mm-hmm. it's just disrespectful. Uh, <laughs> but also to prove that he's mortal to everybody else there, you know, reservoir dog style. There's a very similar I'm scene. I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> is that the line? Yeah. The way he says it is I'm going to die. I'm going to die. In reservoir dog. <laughs> Tim Roth. Um, Are you a doctor? It's a very similar scene in The Crow. Do you guys remember that movie? I've never mm-hmm. seen it. Where like, he finally gets shot by a bullet and it's kind of shocking mm-hmm. um, once his vengeance is complete. Uh, but Eli, I love this. The way that it's played, I think, is Eli final, finally questioning his faith because he's so confused at how God would let this happen to him. Because he's mm-hmm. like, he's hurt by the bullet, but he's like kind of looking around. And obviously he's, he's, he's more hurt that his, his buddy uh, let him get shot. God, yeah, his friend God, <laughs> his, his, his tag team partner, God, yeah, and like there he falls the to his knee and then he stands up, he pulls his knife out, like he's gonna keep fighting, but then he doesn't have the strength anymore. Uh, it's very, it's kind of sad, it's right? Really well done. He's just a man, and then they leave. Uh, Solara he chokes, man. chokes out the driver of the truck and like causes a major wreck. And Red Ridge is impaled by the machete that he was playing with, his Eli's machete. Um, and then she finds a grenade in there, throws a grenade at the, the following pursuing trucks. Carnegie's truck dodges out of the way. They get the other one. And then they don't have enough fuel once she gets away. It's like, we can either chase her or go home, but we can't do both. I don't know why I'm Bill Clinton now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was just go home. Yeah, I don't care about her. I don't care. I got the book. It's not going to bite me in the ass at all. Don't no, worry. It's going to no. be fine. It's going to be great. Also, the book's locked. It's one of those, like, have you ever had one of those lock book, like diaries that have locks on them? Oh, yeah. You can, like, pry it up with your it's thumbnail. so easy to break those. He's like, ah, dang. Call the engineer. <laughs> Call the locksmith. Give me Tom Waits. <laughs> um, and then the, in this scene, we get uh, uh, Solara catches Eli heading west, right? He's just doing his job still. He's still walking. He's trucking. Mm-hmm. So she picks him up. Now they got a car. That's cool. Uh, and then he tells her, this is where we get the scene where he's like, I forgot to live by what I learned from it. Do for others more than you do for yourself. At least that's what I got from it. And then he's like, smell that? I farted. <laughs> She's like, ew. <laughs> There's also... Smell gotcha. that in the gotcha. air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ain't I a stinker? <laughs> Ain't I a stinker? <laughs> no, it's the salt. They're getting close to the ocean. And you can Is see a like, bird nearby? Yeah. <laughs> a salty <Smell> bird? <laughs> And they can see uh, there's like green stuff. Finally, it's just kind of neat. There's like more life out there by the coast. Um, they made it to San Fran. That's right, right? Like that's yeah, the Golden, San Francisco, Gate, yeah. Golden Gate Bridge that they're on. Yep. You've been there, Steve. I have. Yeah, they're on the Golden Gate looking boy, and then they almost drive off the bridge. It's like broken in the middle, mm-hmm. and then they row a fucking boat to Alcatraz with the the desolate city behind them. It's a pretty awful green screen. Yeah, <laughs> he's starting to pass out. The guard is like a Monty Python guard. The, the actor is pretty bad. He's I have like, a King James Bible. In my possession. We already have one. <laughs> You've already got one. He says he's already got one. <laughs> I fought in your general direction. That yes, it's so, uh, very nice. <laughs> that would be so good. Yeah, King James's prose is excellent. He said he's already got one. <laughs> That's fucking gold. I wasn't even what I was getting at, but um, 
Uh, and then Carnegie, yeah, he gets Tom Waits, Tom Waits, the, the engineer to open the book. Uh, and it's intercut with Lombardi, who's on a mission to restore fucking Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, he's on a mission to restore the world. So he's got a printing press, all the world's lost works, right? Like Here, that's, here's my note. Fucking Malcolm McDowell is in this <laughs> in all caps. Of course, he's in this yeah, it's the only way to end a movie of this type. But yeah, like between 2005 and like 2010, if you had a post-apocalyptic movie, Malcolm McDowell was going to be in it. He's like. He's like a, a Jeremy Irons from Wish. Yeah. But he's just, he's great. Don't oh, get no, me wrong. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I love Malcolm McDowell. I wish he was in better movies. I yeah. love him very much. I always think of um he did a he did a holiday special for South Park years ago. Do you remember this, Andy? I don't I don't where they began the episode. With live action, right? Yeah, it was live like action. Him in a sweater. It yeah. was him in a sweater, like by a fireplace, and he goes, Hello, <laughs> I'm a British person. Oh, I do remember this. <laughs> So every time I see him pop up in movies, that's all I think of. Hello, I am a British person. <laughs> I add uh, gravitas to these sorts of things. He does. He's like got a great voice. He does. Like he, I, he, I understand why he's in movies. I just wish he was in more like great movies because he usually is like, sure, I'll fucking do it. I don't care. <laughs> Hundred and twenty thousand, you say? Um, yeah, and daddy's got to get that gambling money. <laughs> I'm going out with Gambin later. We're going to spit roast Martha. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Come on, Malcolm. I get the front this time. <laughs> Tired of getting the bottom. Uh, and I like this little exchange when he's like, you've got the Bible on you? He's like, yeah, it's a little beat up, you know, meaning himself, right? Um, and then we cut to uh, Carnegie, the engineer's opening the Bible. He's very upset because it's Braille, obviously. Uh, and then you can kind of hear Tom Waits in the background. Ha! Uh, <laughs> Got him. And this is the big reveal. If you're watching the movie for the first time, uh, holy shit, Eli is blind. And Eli is in simultaneously dictating the entire Bible to uh, Lombardi, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they also shaved his head and put him in priest robes. For well, some reason. at some point throughout that, he becomes like he's a prophet. Yeah. You know, he's the next prophet of the Bible. So they have to make him That's look apart. part of his own book. Shave me. Shave me. <laughs> what? Shave, shave me. Shave me. My balls, too. It's the least you can do. Do you have any KFC wet wipes? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the twist? I mean, at this point, you kind of didn't like the movie, but with the, when you found out he was blind, what'd that do for you, Steve? Oh, when I found out he was blind, I was more confused because it was like, wait, he's supposed to be blind this whole time? Like, And so I, I rewatched the beginning scene and was like, okay, this scene's really, really... I think that first scene of him, like going through the house and finding the hanged body is a really good clue. But then there are other scenes in the movie, like I mentioned, that I don't think do that. Like he's... Well, he can, he can shoot people from 100 yards. Well, not even that. Accurately. Not even that stuff, but the way he's like talking with like Tom Waits or Gary Oldman and like these scenes, it's like compare that to what another blind character in this movie is doing. And they're like on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. And I guess you can explain it away again. This is, I think you can hand wave it away. Like, Oh, he's got this divine intervention. That's helping him out. That's maybe the voice in his head is like, look a little bit to your left. Okay. There you go. Got it, buddy. Like where he's making direct eye contact with people in scenes, which like that wouldn't happen if you were, if you were, he's got glasses on though. You don't know what he's looking at. Looking I mean, he's not in the scenes he where he's talking with on the engineer and get the ones that I'm specifically talking about. He doesn't, he has he his glasses off. on when he's outside. I can't remember where he took him off there. I think if you can, uh, if, if you he can, had his glasses on the whole movie, yeah, then I would be like, oh yeah. But I, but but because like there's scenes where he's like making direct eye contact. With well, people. to make it a twist, they couldn't make it too obvious. Yeah, 
Sure, I, it, but it's one of those things where, like, I almost don't think you needed to have this twist in it. I think maybe if the twist was because he had that sort of like caretaker nature with Claudia when he was like, when she's like, hey, I need to know where you are. Mm-hmm. Oh, were you blind before the war or after? I think it would make even more sense if he was like in the previous life, he had a, you know, oh, a family member or, and, and could read Braille because of a, a differently abled family member uh-huh. or something like that. So he, that's why he's like this caring person. But the fact that it made him blind too, it was kind of like, it kind of just compounded my already like, this is God's special chosen person issues that I already brought up before. Well, I think the blind prophet is a popular trope yeah. in religious literature. You know, like the fact that he's blind and being led by God is... I was blinded, but now I can see. Yeah, the symbolic nature yeah. of it. It's, it's important that he's blind for religious reasons, but... Mm-hmm. I do think it's funny. I do now, like this- the end because the whole idea that this guy has been seeking his whole life, he's been doing terrible things and he finally gets it and like Claudia yes. speaks it aloud. Like, oh, the thing you want is right there, but it couldn't yeah. be farther away. It's fucking hilarious. Fuck you. And I could read it for yeah. you, but fuck you. Yeah. I, I love it. That's important. I love the, the way Gary Oldman's character's arc wraps up. I think yeah. that's perfect. They put a perfect bow on on him. And because I was looking, I was reading an interview with Gary Whitta who was talking about like, they were talking about how they ended Carnegie's story yeah because i think the first draft he said he just like drives off and you never see him again and then denzel washington's like on set was like no dude you gotta like the audience would see this guy get his comeuppance so they're like well maybe we kill him and they felt it was cheap to have him like fall on a spike or something or get yeah. shot so they were, they came up with this idea of like oh he gets the bible it's everything he wanted but he literally loses everything to get this thing that he he's like so it's what, what claudia says you're so close to it and you can't get it still and then all this bar is getting torn up. Everybody that was afraid to speak your name is downstairs tearing the bar up because yeah. you spent too many men looking for that. Dude, without that ending, this movie's trash. Like, I'm so mm-hmm. glad Denzel said that because yeah. all of that is what makes this so satisfying and makes it such a, an actual powerful story to me about, yeah. you know, being careful about what you seek for. And like the, the, the leg wound is festering. Like you're just everything. Your, mm-hmm. your whole life sucks balls right now, bro. Yeah. Perfect bow on Carnegie's story. Um, I do want to point out, I did some research and this is, it's going to sound like I'm being super pedantic. I'm not. I just was genuinely curious because I don't think this hampers the movie at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just thought it was kind of an interesting thing to look up because when the reveal came that it was a, uh, the book was in Braille, I was, my first thought was like, man, I feel like that book should be way bigger. Mm -hmm. So I looked up how big an actual King James Bible is in Braille and it's actually, uh, where is it at? It's, um. Oh, did I not write it? Oh, it's like, so it's six f- cubic feet across oh, and would weigh cu- 70 pounds. That's how big it would be. Six cubic feet? Yeah. Jesus so, Lombardi's Christ. like. So this is like the kid's version. It's like, like, the, the, <laughs> like the New Testament only, maybe. Yeah. Lombardi's uh, like, real bad news, buddy. <laughs> and then I did, <laughs> and then I did some speaking. So he's he's telling Malcolm McDowell, reading it by heart. So if you read a book at 250 words per minute, it would take you about 25 hours and 36 minutes to read the book out loud. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and if you're doing eight, eight hour shifts, that would be three days, sure. a little bit over three days. But to write out a word, the King James Bible is roughly 789,000 words long to write it out longhand at 20 or 30 words per minute would take roughly 31,000 minutes. Again, assuming if the writer has eight hours a day, it would take 66 days to complete, <laughs> which, wow. which is just kind of, again, it's not pedantic because you can't film that. That's not interesting for a movie. Yeah. Why would you fucking do that? But it's just kind of funny, like oh, imagining so didn't shave him. He went bald for the whole age. <laughs> 
<laughs> or like Ma- uh, Malcolm Dowd's like, slow down now. And it's like, buddy, I'm dying. Yeah, <laughs> I can I do this not. in three days, not 66. Let's go. I got to poop. <laughs> I got to poop. <laughs> I got to poop. And then there's that whole ending we talked about with Solara after the death of Eli. She decides to cosplay Eli. Wander out into the <laughs> desert and die. Well, I think she's got to go get her mom. That's yeah. the way I took it. Oh, she's yeah. like, I something I have to do. I got to go back. Her mom's definitely dead, and she's going to die trying to get to her <laughs> Dang. The end. I would assume so, because if Gary Oldman gets overthrown and killed, then oh, yeah. what's going to happen to Claudia? She's super dead. She's, okay, here's my canon. She shows up to the town. Outside the town is a shopping cart, and, Cl- <laughs> and Claudia going, help! Help! <laughs> <laughs> And the, Mom, en- what are you the doing? engineers put pull together a crew of raiders. <laughs> yeah. They're doing the same old trick. Or when Eli I'm died. I'm looking for toys. <laughs> <laughs> Eli died. And so then his his powers passed on to Claudia. Because there has to be a chosen one and it has to be blind. But it'll never be a woman. Yeah, it's <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, if this was fucking Kristen Stewart, this would be my favorite movie of all time. Because I do love it. I'm just an easy. I think case to can pull off uh, stoic the way that they're trying to get Absolutely. that character to be stoic at the end of the yeah. movie. I think case two can pull off stoicism better than Mila can. Yeah. She just looked like a nothing against Mila. I think Mila's great. I yeah. just don't think she's perfectly. When she put on the glasses, right it just looked like an, a weird Armani ad, you know? Yeah, it does. It, it does look really weird. Like she's like the rowing scene when they're rowing every time it cut to her and she's got the glasses on. I, I expect it to be like perfume <laughs> brought to you by. Eli. It's perfume called shampoo. The scent of Eli. (laughs) (laughs) Smell that? It's KFC wet wipes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. I hope hope you guys all enjoyed this movie as much as I do. Uh, I think we got a good cross section this time Mm -hmm. of like hated it, liked it, loved it instead of the usual all loved it. it Yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was great. Thank you to Sun Loving Mortal. Uh, big, I own this on Blu-ray. I popped the shit right in as soon as it was time. So Call it's, me it's on the max. Bucks. What? It's on the max. You my told guy. me it was only on Tubi. When I did the uh, fuck Book of Eli with my I Siri want my four dollars back. <laughs> <laughs> now Andy's review is like, no, I hate it. Back to hate. <laughs> Dang, I didn't. Sorry, buddy. I must not have Max connected to my Apple thing or something. Because when I searched for it, it just came up on Tubi. I feel like Just Watch is like wrong most of the time nowadays. Yeah. Sometimes. I do want to. I do want to apologize if I offended anybody with my rants. Yeah, you're a real piece of shit. I can't see how you possibly would have. Everybody has their own point of view, and uh, every now and then, it's not often because we have great listeners. But every now and then, we'll get a uh, keep politics out of your podcast or Mm -hmm. something like that email. Mm -hmm. It happens to my TikTok more often. Where somebody recently, I know you guys say that you'd like this about me. But I got a comment. It was like, it's fucking weird that you talk about your own personal life stuff when you're trying to review a movie. Like, just review the movie. Because mm. I, I mentioned my daughter. And, and Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. That is so impossible to do if right. you're actually investing any of your actual thoughts into a piece of art. Yeah. Uh, and anybody who doesn't ever do that, don't listen to them. Because like yeah. how, it, how we relate to something is is key through the lens of your life experience. And so for sure, Steve, I think to, I would insist that you actually be honest about what you think about a movie on here and, and how it relates to you personally. So not only do I think nothing about what you said was offensive, but I think it was actually whatever the opposite of that is heartening. Hmm. How about that? I love it. Enriching. You make me so, you know what you make me feel 
My man. Butterflies in the sky. <laughs> Butterfly in the sky. And that's all the time for right now. I can go twice My name is Kip. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. This was Streaming Things. A